Hi, this is James Jude Courtney, Michael Myers from Halloween, and you're listening to Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. You came here to kill me, so do it. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. Super excited for this bonus review. Um, but before we do, I just want to give a shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about our podcast is on our website. All our episodes and interviews, our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Follow us, like us, subscribe us, all that good stuff. We love meeting new people. We love interacting with you. And we've got a ton of comments tonight, so I'm not going to waste no time. Let's just jump right into this review. This is a highly anticipated review. I've had so many fans and friends of the show DMing me, uh, text messaging me about when are y'all going to review Halloween Ends. I need, I, I can't wait to hear it. So here it is tonight. Uh, brother Mike, I know you went and saw it on opening night. Do you want to kick us off with general thoughts, brother? Sure. <laughs> By the way, I I normally keep my my uh, can opening sound for to be on the show, but just know a alcoholic beverage has been opened because it's time to let this motherfucking chopper sing. Here we go. Halloween ends. All right. So I want to start off by saying, is this the worst Halloween movie I've ever seen? No, that's still Halloween five. Is this the least Halloweeny movie? Halloween. I've ever seen. Yes. Like I, weenie. I did say weenie. Uh, <laughs> everyone's laughing. You just can't hear them. Um, okay. So this is the, it's not the worst movie in this franchise to me, but it may be the worst quote unquote Halloween movie that they've ever made. And because there, this story does not belong in a Halloween movie, not in this timeline, not in this trilogy and not, not in this setting. Wrong wrong place, wrong time. Is there a place for this movie to be made? The Corey Cunningham story. The fact that evil has kind of taken over the town of Haddonfield. You could even have Laurie Strode in the movie as an anthology spinoff. Does that work? For me, it would. But this movie has the character of Michael Myers in it. Kind of. He's barely in the movie. And when he's in the movie, he's a decrepit, old, beat-up piece of shit. Okay, and they treat him as such. So this movie does terrible justice to the character. And this is supposed to be the final standoff between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. And if this is what they decided to do, I don't know what they were thinking. They give us that the last 12 minutes of the film. And that's it. That's all your hype. That's all the all the marketing material you put out for this film. That's all that it was. And you give us about 12 minutes of Laurie and Michael. I have more negative thoughts. I'm going to save them for scene by scene. But this movie just, it, it, it splits me in half because I like some of the stuff they did. I genuinely do. I like the Corey Cunningham arc. I like the fact that evil is just a thing that exists in Haddonfield. I like that idea. But I don't like this movie, including Michael Myers. You take Myers out of this movie, I have higher thoughts on it. But there are some positives. I actually think that Jamie Lee Curtis does a good job here. 
Like I really like this version of Lori Strode. I know, and I know people don't, but I do because it's a good mix of her Sarah Connor esque 2018 version and then her 1978 kind of innocent, you know, kind of airheaded version that we get a little bit sweet version. You know, when she's in the grocery store, she reminds me of 1978 Lori. So, I mean, we get a mix. I like Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. I like the character. I like the acting portrayal of Corey Cunningham. I, I think, of course, James Drew Courtney with what he's given does a great job. I think some of the fall setting is really good. Uh, I think the music is great, although I don't like that it doesn't play its own character in this movie. It doesn't. The, I forget that the music is even in this movie. And I think the kills, the ones we get are good, but I wish there were more kills. Uh, I could go on. I, I, obviously, everyone else wants to go, so I'll, I'll wait. But I'll say... This movie does not work to me, for me, and I'm a big fan of Halloween. And right out the gate, you mentioned, Nico, I tried to defend it a little bit on that live stream just because I wanted to prepare people for what they were about to see. But after two rewatches, I just can't get with it, not in this setting. And as an anthology spinoff, sure, but as a Halloween movie, it flat out sucks. All right, I'll go next. I hate this fucking movie. Uh, I, as I was watching the movie, I just felt like this is really what we're doing, huh? I honestly felt robbed and cheated of a great ending, an epic ending between these two iconic characters. I just felt, I write this in my ratings at the end. I'm not going to talk long here, but at about the 45, 50 minute mark, I could feel like my head got go down because I realized what was happening. I just feel like you wasted the best Michael Myers you've ever had. You honestly, I feel like you wasted Lori a lot. I don't like what they did with Lori. I don't like the fact that they made Allison. I don't like what they did with Allison. And I feel like they wasted Frank Hawkins as well. These were characters we were invested in. This is a character you brought back from being stabbed in the neck and ran over by a damn SUV. And he's not even in the movie except for one scene, really, in the grocery store. And and like Mike said, there are some redeeming things if I want to be nice about it. But I don't want to be nice about it because I feel pissed off about this movie, honestly. I wasn't born in 1978, so I didn't get to see that movie in the theaters. I saw Halloween 2018, and I saw Kills in theaters, and I enjoyed both of them. I've gotten to review both of those movies with my best friends. Uh, We've made memories doing these movies. We have fans DM us messages, comment on our social media that they want to hear our thoughts on these movies. Halloween franchise does great numbers on this show, and now – we have to do a review and we have to completely shit on this movie or I am because you chose to do something different and try and, you know, you tried to tell a message that we didn't want to hear right now. We wanted to see Michael and we wanted to see Lori have an epic showdown and we wanted, that's all we wanted. And you tried to turn this into a Haddonfield story. We wanted a Michael Myers and Lori story. We wanted an epic conclusion to this. And honestly, I feel cheated. I honestly kind of feel like how Brian probably felt, Back in 2003 when he saw Freddy vs. Jason, he's like, oh. I waited so long for this, and this is the bullshit fair, you yeah. gave totally me. Totally fair. Yeah. Like, I, oh. I, Mike, Mike said it best. I mean, I read, I, I'll go ahead and just spoil this. I saw an interview with Rowan, I think it's, I can't remember his last name, but I saw a YouTube comment that said, this kid gave the performance of his lifetime, and it's never, it's going to be forgotten Absolutely. because he yeah. got a very right. terrible he's script. Cool. He got a terrible script. And he's going to have all kinds of Halloween fans hate his character, and all he was doing was his job. So yep. I just feel like I'm going to tell Rowan I'm sorry. 
I don't hate you. I don't. I do not like the Corey character though. Okay. And like Mike said, if this was an anthology film ten years down the road, spinning off of this movie, I would be fine with it. But as a conclusion of this trilogy, this movie fucking sucks, and I hate it. And I really wish I'd wake up from the bad dream that this movie was. All right, Brian, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I guess let me start out with that. You know, I feel like I probably hated on 2018 the most of our crew. I mean, there were some decisions I didn't like, you know, with this whole route, but uh, they were taken. But I know that that was before Dustin, so let me throw that in there too. Um, BD, but before Dustin. <laughs> B- BD. Um, but if you'll remember, I was a huge fan of kills. Like I rated it highest of any of us. So I was very much anticipating what we were going to get here with ends. And I was the first one to really put it out there in our group chat that I didn't like this movie. Um, now look to start out with, let me say, I hate toxic fandom just as much as anybody. You know, I realize nowadays it's, it's cool fad to hate on a new horror movie because it's not the original, you know, whatever. That's not what's happening here. Um, Nico touched on that. That's that's not what's going on here. Um, it's also not lost on me at all that this was the last time Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode was going to be in a Halloween movie. Uh, although I, I think it, it should have been handled differently on and off the set, but I think Nico is going to touch on that too. Uh, but regardless, it also wasn't lost on me that the movie tried to go the route of being about survival. And James talked about it on our interview that this was the third act of one long story. And it wasn't lost on me either that they wanted to focus on the effects of trauma on Haddonfield. Um, you know, it, it's pretty innovative. The acting was phenomenal. I, I liked most of the kills, but I hated this movie. Um, I'm going to disagree a little bit with Mike on the atmosphere, but this didn't this didn't feel like a Halloween franchise movie at all to me. The atmosphere, especially, which has honestly been my complaint about a lot of this trilogy, um, really, if you go back, but especially this one, it did not feel like Halloween, the the holiday at all. And I think that they completely fumbled the bag on it for me. Um, that's fair. Not, that's not quite what I meant either. So that's fair. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's, it, you said fall like atmosphere, I guess. Yeah. Like I like the atmosphere of the movie. Now it's not a very Halloween type movie. I do agree with you on that. You know, it's not what I wanted to see in any way, shape, form or fashion. And Hey, you know, that's okay. I don't make movies. I just run my mouth about how they made me feel. And this one kind of made me mad, you know, like to the point where I don't want to watch this anytime soon. Like I was mad having to actually rewatch it for this interview. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I said this in the group chat earlier, but you know that uh, early 90s uh, mm, song by the Crash Test Dummies? Well, it came on the radio today, and I've heard that song a million times over the last almost three decades. And today I listened to the words and thought, what the ever-living fuck are they even talking about in this song? <laughs> That's how I feel about this movie. Go ahead, Dustin. Okay. So, yeah, um, I was not a part of the show for Halloween 2018. Uh, last year when we did Halloween Kills, uh, I missed the episode, but I gave my thoughts, my score. It's just, it's just a huge letdown. Um, like you guys said, I would, I would have been fine with this story as a spinoff, as a middle part in a trilogy, as literally anything other than the end. So... I watched, you know, I've watched, I've seen it twice now, and on the second watch through, which is when I did my notes, I did enjoy it a little more, but not much. 
I liked it a little bit more because I I paid attention to it more. Like the first time I was just so pissed off that I honestly zoned out for parts of it at a time. And this time I actually paid attention. Like, okay, I mean, I see what they're doing, but it doesn't make any better. It's not, it's false advertisement. And I get it. Um, No, I don't get it. I was going to say I get it what some people are saying about it, but no, I don't get it. You need a Michael Myers for the, this, this is what, 42 years, 44 years in the making that this saga is coming to an end. And we're left with blue balls. So I, it sucks, man. <laughs> I think, you know, I have more thoughts, but not, not as much as you would think. Uh, I agree with what most of you said here. My only, we have some slight disagreements. I will say that. Uh, I actually like the character of Allison. I'll explain why as the, as the review goes on, but actually I was a fan of it. And I think Andy Matichek does a great job. And I already said I like the character of Lori here, and I'll explain that as it goes on too. And I I like I like the Corey character, but they cut my balls off with the Corey character. What I said in our group chat, I will I will stand by. If you're going to do this storyline, you're going to give us a different killer that's not Michael Myers. He's influenced by Myers. He has the essence of Michael Myers, but he's not Michael Myers. If you're going to do that, then go all the way. Have the balls to deliver on that story because I'm slightly invested in it. Uh, but when once we get Michael in the sewer, which by the way, why the fuck is Michael Myers in the sewer four years later? Okay. Anyway, once we get Michael Myers, the movie becomes useless. It, it's how are you gonna have a Halloween movie where Michael Myers is kind of the worst part of the movie to me? That is that's just a sin. <laughs> like, I don't know how, I mean, I know I, I quote this a lot, but sin is a short word with a long sentence. And by this movie committed a ton of those. So I have no sympathy for the people. Now let's be honest. Toxic fandom sucks. We shouldn't throw death threats at the people that made this movie. That's stupid to sign a petition to have them remake. It is absolutely asinine and idiotic, mm-hmm. but that's, I mean, that's just fucking dumb and you're wasting your time. Absolutely. Uh, Petitions to get laws passed hardly even work, pal. You think you're going to get a movie remade in Hollywood? I don't fucking think so. But uh, this movie, I understand both sides. If you really love this movie, I mean, you genuinely love this movie and you're not doing it to be different, then good for you. This movie worked for you, and I think that's great. But as a fan of this franchise, I think probably the maybe the biggest in this group, although I think Brian may have me by a little bit because he likes some of the Thorn stuff that I don't. But... <laughs> Sorry, no offense, but you do. Uh, he likes some of those movies that, that, that I don't, and that's okay. But I, I like the Rob Zombie ones more than him, so there we go. Uh, but on equal footing with Brian, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because I do think you could tell this story in five years. This exact same story with no Michael Myers, keep Allison, keep the town of Haddonfield, whatever you got to do, but you don't. this was not the movie to tell it. It's I, I've used this analogy in the group chat twice now, but – they ran the wrong play at the wrong time. If they're, if they're a football coach, they ran the wrong play. They, they just did. Now, it's it's second and short, and they decide to hand off to their slowest running back, 5'8", and he runs right into the back of the guard. That's what they did, and it pisses me off. So, But I do think there's some good. So I'll try to be a little nice, but 
I'm kind of on the same page with Nico. The more I talk about it, the more pissed off I get. Now, you mentioned petitions. I would like to start a petition for Andy Matichek to uh, go on a date with me, but let's go ahead. I would also like to start that petition for you, pal. We are in full support of Andy Matichek going on a date with Dustin. Not Ali Lardo with Brian, though. Fuck that. That's bullshit. (laughs) Mike, I'm cutting that. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you with all the power. You might as well be goddamn governor. The fuck? World's going to shit. (laughs) You know, I listened to our Halloween Kills review today. Before we, you know, get into the scene by scene, but I just feel like we have to touch on that toxic fandom real quick. You know, I kind of went on that little spill about traditional Halloween fans, and you know, we all wanted something different, but we just wanted a conclusion. Like, I don't think disliking this movie is making us toxic fans. It's just we didn't get what they right. were selling. You know, it's like they kept saying this right. is the epic final showdown, and then we get, you know, I've saw several comments like this is like one of those Hellraiser scripts where you got like a romantic thriller and then you just throw pinhead in it for two minutes so it's like what did we get here so i don't think people hating on this movie is toxic fandom personally no no now to to go out of your way to throw death threats at people that were in the movie created the movie sign a petition online to get the movie remade that's all ridiculous yeah but to not like to not like the movie or to attack other halloween fans that like the movie that's also ridiculous but to not like the movie is totally fine. Hell, there's a lot of Halloween movies I don't like, man. <laughs> yes, I feel like we should say that if you like this movie, I respect your opinion, honestly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate you or dislike dislike you for liking it. I just don't like it and I hope you can give me the same energy. And that's all I ask. Are y'all ready to jump into the scene by scene? All right, let's, let's do, it. do it. The film starts with a radio ad from Willie the Kid as we get a Michael Myers Blumhouse intro. Haddonfield, Illinois, and I apologize. I hope my voice holds up. I've been having a little bit of sickness. Haddonfield, Illinois, Halloween 2019. Corey rides up to the Allen household. He's a lifesaver. He's babysitting Jeremy tonight so the parents can go to a party. Miss Allen is jump scared by Jeremy, and she asks to talk to Corey privately. Help yourself to anything in the fridge, and she tells him ever since last Halloween, Jeremy has been wetting the bed, and he talks in his sleep. He hears voices now. She says they can play until 845, then bed. Corey and Jeremy watch The Thing. They both call each other scared. Jeremy says Michael Myers is still out there and he kills babysitters, not kids. Corey says they can play hide and seek, but he's shot down and called ugly. Corey goes to the kitchen to get chocolate milk and cake, but he hears a thud. He finds the lamp knocked over and no Jeremy. We hear a door open and Corey becomes anxious. He goes outside calling for Jeremy and no answer. Back inside and he can't find him and he yells, it isn't funny. We see the knife is missing, and we hear Jeremy scream. Corey goes upstairs following the cries for help. Corey picks up the knife he finds on the stairs and goes into the attic. The door suddenly closes, and Jeremy says he's going to get you pestering Corey. Corey begins to beg him to let him out and banging on the door. He yells it's not funny as the parents walk into the house. Corey starts to kick the door and yells, I'm going to kill you, Jeremy, and the door flies open, knocking Jeremy over the railing. Jeremy falls to the floor below to his death. Corey looks over the steps, seeing Jeremy pour blood everywhere. What have you done? Miss Allen yells at him. The Halloween theme plays as we see opening credits in blue font. We hear Lori narrate, and we get flashbacks from Halloween 78. Michael Myers took our dreams and turned them into nightmares. We see flashbacks of her and Michael's ordeal 40 years later. He vanished. Back to the night Corey killed Jeremy, and Lori says the years after turned into paranoia, grief, and plague. We see several deaths, suicides throughout the town. Lori bought a home for she and Allison. She hangs Halloween decorations, bakes pies now. 
She's finding healing. Lori gives Allison her parents' wedding bands. Lori hears a smoke detector go off and she quits writing her book. She forgot to set a timer for a pie she's baking. Willie is on the radio again and we see Corey riding his bike to work. Willie says it's four days to Halloween and he's ready for the boogeyman. Corey gets to the junkyard and Ronald yells he's late again. Corey gets to working on a car and Ronald asks if he has a second. He shows him a motorcycle he can have. It's kind of a pile, but it'll get him to work on time. Corey thanks him. Allison is pulled over as we hear a rattling noise from her car. The cop says she's under arrest for being the prettiest girl I know. He tells her her muffler is about to fall off. Under the bridge, we see a homeless man collecting cans as the camera zooms in on an entrance to the sewer. Corey gets to a gas station to get a chocolate milk. Terry and some other marching band bullies antagonize Corey. They ask him to buy him buy them some beer, but he refuses. Stacy says, I know who you are. I can't believe they let you off. Corey gets pissed and crushes the glass bottle, and Terry pushes him over. Lori pulls up and breaks up the scuffle. Terry calls him a match made in heaven, a psycho, and a freak show. Corey pops one of their tires, and Lori drives to take him to the hospital. Brian, that's the opening set of scenes I got. What'd you think? Sorry for my voice, guys. No, you're good. So, actually, this is my favorite set of scenes in the entire movie. So, first off, you know, keeping the tradition, we get the same blue font titles from Halloween 3 after that cold open. Um, I should have personally known right then, you know, what was what was going to happen. Uh, but using the DJ in a lot of the same vein as Mike mentioned it, my guilty pleasure, Halloween 6, um, and in my script for Halloween yeah, Returns, absolutely. I, I love the DJ and how it's done. Um, I mentioned the atmosphere. Really, this cold open is the only time that in this entire movie that it feels like Halloween to me, not like the holiday. Um, I, I said I said they got the atmosphere wrong. Let me backtrack just a little bit. They did for all the other scenes, but this cold open scene got it right. Um, I love the nod to the original by watching, you know, the John Carpenter thing here. Um, I really do love how all of this plays out. The tension, the shock factor when Jeremy takes his tumble, very well done effects as it, you know, kind of jumps to the credits. I thought that was the whole thing, the whole cold open was phenomenal. Um, and let me just say this, Nico touched on this, but let me say it to Rohan Campbell, I think is great as Corey. It's not his fault that I don't like the the script choices. He does a fantastic job, I think, as well. Uh, my wife loves him on Virgin River too, um, and I love the introduction of of the new characters, you know. And 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 immediately the movie gives these new characters, like Corey especially, depth, and I think it does it very well. Um, I actually liked all of the recap as well, but as soon as we get past the recap, I'm not a fan of the time jump being so far in the future. Uh, I just don't buy that after thirty plus years. Lori now has this cookie cutter home, uh, trying to heal. I get all that, but it took it too far for me. Um, I hate how we have Michael living in the sewers like Mike touched on for four fucking years. It's not like a couple of days after the events of the last movie. It's four years. It's never explained uh, either, by the way. Never. No, I mean, never just just he's down there. Yeah, I mean, and that brings me to a little bit of a, another rant. This trilogy harped back on 2018 on realism. Like, but never fully committed to that. And then over the past two movies showed us that, yes, Myers has supernatural essence to him. Almost supernatural ability to a an extent. He's just, he's got some supernatural essence, like I said. Now, in this one, you want to toe the line again because you imply he just sat in the sewer for four fucking years just standing there. 
basically eating rats and a few people now and then. I, I assume that's why he was. I mean, what what are you doing? But you treat him like he's just a guy whenever it comes to the rest of the movie, for the most part, especially the fighting, making him a weak pussy, basically. You know, I, I don't understand the choice there. Um, and the last thing I want to say, I have a confession to make at first, my first viewing. Uh, and I actually, I think I don't want to throw her under the bus, too, but I'm pretty sure a friend of the show, Joe, thinks the same thing. But at first, I thought the bum was Nick Castle. Like, and honestly, it should have been. Why not? I mean, give him a bigger role than the cameo he got. Uh, I mean, it's not like the bum had a ton to do or anything. Um, and it may have been poetic a little bit later anyway, too. Anyway, but hey, what do I know? Uh, one last fun fact, though, the Cunningham in Corey's last name is a nod to John Carpenter's Christine. His whole character is a nod to, to, to the guy in Christine, for sure. Uh, I don't think David Gordon Green was lying last year when he said, is this too much like Christine? Yeah, David, it is too much like Christine. You literally just did Christine, but with Michael Myers. Anyway, okay. Um, I I like this open. Uh, you know, the credit scene, I think it's good. I, I like that we're using the season of the witch font. That's a fun little wink and nod. However, I do 100% believe in the theory that that was intentional, that we're, that we're about to get a different kind of Halloween movie. And that's very true. I like the DJ stuff. I think opening this movie without the, that traditional Halloween score, I, I think was a, an interesting choice. And I actually dug it. Like I, cause we still get it like in, in the pumpkin thing, we still get that score. So I, I like this cold open. This scene here at Jeremy's house is maybe the best scene in the film. I would, I would be hard pressed to find any other scene that would qualify. It's really good. It's the only one that has the suspense, the mood, the atmosphere that we get in 2018 and 78. And I like it a lot. Um, I think it's funny. They kind of flip the babysitter trope on its head. Now it's a guy babysitter. Uh, now they go a completely different direction with that. But I, I, I think that was intentional too. Um, and by the way, I'm not, look, I'm not saying this kid deserved to die, but he is also a little shit. For one, he broke a lamp just to pull a prank, which is an asshole move. But then, like, all right, like, the jig is up. You can stop being, you know, a little shit, buddy. He paid way too steep of a price. That kill, that made everybody in the theater I was in go, <gasps> gasp. Like, I mean, it was a legitimate gasp from people in the theater, including me and my wife. Like, we were like, oh, God, what the fuck? You know, and I saw some spoilers, but that's not what I was expecting. Like, that was, man, that was a tough thing to watch, not going to lie. And I really liked that scene. It gets it. It gets emotional, and, and I think that's a good way to open and kind of get us going. I like this evolving pumpkin thing that we get in the score. Uh, you know, the credit scene here, I like that. I think it's a cool visual. And uh, so after this, I – okay, I understand the criticisms of this Laurie Strode character, but I explained it in my open. I think, I, I think it works for me. That she's at least now. I, I don't like the time jump. I'm just going to say that I don't like the time jump. I would have loved to see this continue the original way they had it planned, but since this is what we got, this is what we got, and I think this is the reason we got it. By the way, is because this is the Laurie Strode that Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to play. That's basically the reason we got the time jump, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know that, but that's that's just what I'm using for context clues here. Uh, I like the character, though. I think it's a good mix of that badass that we get in 2018 and her original character in 1978. It's a good mix of both. Like, I, I actually enjoy this character. I enjoy her making 
a pumpkin pie and carving pumpkins and all that stuff. Like I get it. Like trying to kind of move on and, and view Halloween the way she used to. Um, and I like this character of Allison. I, I, I genuinely do. Uh, I think she's more mature. Now, a lot of people have complained about her being stupid. I'll touch on that later. But I like so far. I just, you know, in this set of scenes, I think she's fine. Um, I have one thing though, and it's fine. Like, I guess that was kind of the joke, but anybody remember band kids being bullies? Like, is that I said the same thing? Does anybody, cause it, I, I'm not going to lie. Unfortunately, the band kids when I was in school were bullied and I hate that. Like, I don't think that's cool. That's not okay. Like I'm just saying, I'm guessing that was a trope they wanted to flip, but this guy is instantly hateable. Like, if you're just talking about the story and you forget the fact that you're watching a Michael Myers movie, like instantly hateable and you easily want to pull for Corey Cunningham in this, in this thing. Cause we saw that the Jeremy kill was an accident. Yeah. Um, and I like their interaction here because it gives me a hero and it gives me a villain. They take it in a completely different direction in about 35 minutes, but in this open, I like it. I like him and Lori working together uh, to pop the tires. I thought that was a fun little thing. So this set of scenes, I got pretty much nothing but positive things to say because I am invested in this storyline. Um, but then I have to pull myself out of it and remember, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be watching this final showdown between Lori and Michael. And that's where I get pissed all over again. All right. So uh, the, the open, first of all, this is a big ass house. Like from the inside, when they're looking, brother, up it's a cool house. I want to live there. <laughs> we get that, uh, we get that view, and they give it to us several times when they're standing on the bottom floor and they look upwards uh, through the spiraling uh, staircase. There, this is like a damn four or five story house. But what makes no fucking sense is when you go to the outside of the house. There's only two floors. That math doesn't math, and that pisses me off the entire movie. Like the house is only ground floor, upper floor, and even if they have an attic. When they're inside and looking up, there's clearly four floors there. Pisses me off. What movie did we just do that nothing. that was the same exact problem? Uh, uh, Orphan First Kill. What, was it? it wasn't exactly the same, but when they're on the roof, I had the same gripe. Because when they're on the roof and at the end when they fall, I was like, that doesn't make sense because this house house is not that tall. But it fucking killed them. And when they're, uh, that's, that's what, what I thought of. No, there's another one. I'll think about it in a minute. Sorry. All right. Daddy. I'm going oh, to continue to rant. Um, so in, in the uh, beginning here, I like that they're watching the thing when, uh, you know, Corey and Jeremy are watching the thing there. That's a nice little nod there. Um, we get a great shot. <laughs> I, I kind of laugh when Jeremy's body goes flying over the, the rails there. Like the shot that we get of the front door the parents walking through it and then the body just kind of bouncing and you see like the splatter like that's fucking gnarly but it doesn't make sense that kid's not tall enough to go over the railing when he got hit in the face with a doorknob like the logistics of that don't make sense if he if that doorknob hit him he would fall downward because of how short he was and he's he's not tall enough to go flying over the banister because of that so anyway um and I don't know on a two on a two floor house. I don't know if that would have killed him. I think that's why they added the four fucking floors to the house. But uh, if he was just falling from the top floor to the bottom floor, I don't think that would have killed him. So, you know, never mind, uh, you know, logistics and and facts here. We're just going to make a story. Um, I don't like the whole narrator memoir addition to the. I, like we know the story. 
It adds nothing here except for we get flashbacks. We don't need it. There's better ways to show us that Lori has moved into society and she has a fucking house. We don't need this, uh, ooh, I'm writing a book and I'm telling you what happened. Here's what happened in the last movie that you're going to get pissed off because we're going to ignore. <laughs> I did laugh, though, <laughs> when, uh, you know, she's burning the pie and she's, <laughs> this is verbatim. She goes, darn it. Oh, fuck. Shit. Damn it. <laughs> Darn it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you just picking and choosing which cuss words to say and which to censor? The fuck is I going love on that. Here? I don't know. Like, I love it because it reminds me of her in 78. Like, like, <laughs> like, tentatively smoking the doobie. You know what I mean? Like, just like, do I smoke this? Do I not smoke this? Like, yeah, th- that's yeah, what it was. It was funny. It yeah. was funny. Like, I didn't have a problem with it, but it, like, it, it made me laugh. Um, and then here I put, since when are marching band members bullies? Like, this kid's 24 years old. And he's getting bullied, 23, 24, like he's in that range. He's getting bullied by 17-year-olds. So much for the band geek stereotype. I mean, band, think about how far band members, uh, high school marching band members have come just in movie portrayal. They went from sticking flutes in their pussies at band camp to bullying this kid and attempted murder. So that's crazy. American um, Pie 2 is a goat movie, just saying. <laughs> that is a great movie. Um, and then, you know, I don't, I don't know about Lori... I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted on her encouraging him to stab the tires. I don't know why, but that just, it, it doesn't sit right with me. I don't, something's weird about it. Cause like she's moving into society. She's trying to be this cookie cutter everyday woman. And then we're going to fucking slash their tires, stab the tires because they bullied you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking too much into that, but I do love the fact that Lori drives a Ford fucking Ranger. That's a big plus, but um, this is a pretty good <laughs> set of scenes. For what it is, I don't have a problem with anything storyline wise in this one, except for the memoir, really, uh, because I'm okay or like I'm, I'm okay with not being introduced to Michael just yet. We're going to build here in the open, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, two things, Nick or uh, Dustin, it was Annabelle that I was thinking mm. about with the whole like the way the window was on the top floor. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Annabelle creation. And the right? last no, thing, am I? Annabelle, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the last thing, am I, am I maybe reaching here, but was that black convertible that the bullies drove a nod to Halloween five maybe, or what do you God, I fucking hope not. This movie's bad enough. <laughs> I don't know. It was a pretty sick ass crass little Baron though. Yeah. That's all I know. All right. Allison is attracted to Corey instantly. Dr. Mathis operates on his hand as Corey and Allison make eye contact. Corey flinches and knocks over all the instruments. He tells Allison to give him a tetanus shot and clean everything up. Corey tells her not not to tolerate him talking to her like that. She says she's supposed to get a promotion, and he asks what she did to his hand and asks what he does for a living. She tells him about her rattling car, and it's an easy fix. Corey tells her to come to the shop tomorrow. He says she can have his bike because he's getting a motorcycle. She wants to be taught to ride it and says they should hang out. He says she doesn't want to do that and thanks her for the hand. Back home with Lori, Lindsay, and Allison, she accuses Grandma of doing it on purpose. Lindsay does some tarot card reading. Corey's mom asks about his hand wound, and now she asks about who he's on the phone with at the dinner table. He doesn't get any custard, poor thing. Corey rides the motorcycle around as Allison pulls into the junkyard. She gets on the motorcycle with him as he shows her the clutch, brakes, the gas, etc., Terry's car is pulled into the yard now, and Corey says he's going to help Ronald, then help fix her car. 
Allison says she doesn't care about her, the car. She came to see him. Lori runs into Frank at the grocery store. He compliments her hair as a two flirt. Frank says he felt like he got a second life and he's doing so many new things. He asks about the book she's writing and she brings up Allison and Corey. Good kid with a tough break. She says she likes his face and he says he likes her too. Lori goes outside and is confronted by a woman asking what she's smiling about. It's Sandra's sister. <laughs> Somehow she lived. She says Michael killed her sister's husband. She can't speak anymore. She accused her of provoking Michael when she should have left him alone. Lori is in her car crying and Frank checks on her. He says he really would like to see those cherry blossoms and he says she'd like to see them too. In the car with Allison and Corey now as they head to a costume party. Allison goes to get them a drink as we get a cameo from Nick Castle. Lindsay is the bartender and Deb tells her she's with the guy who killed a kid. Allison and Corey have a drink and begin to dance and take pictures. Corey appears to have a seizure, but he sits up suddenly. He goes to the bar and runs into Miss Allen. She confronts him about dancing, having a good time. He apologizes and she brings up how she can't get past the pain. She says she knows it wasn't an accident. Corey leaves and Allison chases him. They argue and he says he's not her project. He says everyone sees her as a survivor and they see him as a monster. He says she can't fix him and he'll spare her the heartache and walks away. The band bullies stop and confront him on the bridge. Terry offers a handshake to friendship. Corey walks past him and they knock him over. Corey pulls out a knife on them and he says they don't know what they're talking about. He tells Terry his dad hates him and he throws Corey over the side of the bridge. Terry tells them all he fell. That's their story. They drive away and we see Corey's body drug away and into the sewer. Lori asks Allison what's going on and she asks, why can't I just be mad? She looks at the pictures of she and Corey and she admits she liked him. Back to the sewer and Corey wakes up. He goes to leave out the tunnel and backs into an opening and is grabbed by the throat by Michael Myers. Michael looks into his eyes and sees what he's been through and lets him go. Corey exits and is grabbed from behind by the homeless man. He takes people in there now and asks, why did he let you live? Go back in there and get me that mask. I'm Michael Myers. Corey takes the knife and stabs the man repeatedly, killing him, and runs away and chunks the knife. Corey hobbles into his home and his mom yells she was worried sick. He takes off his clothes and looks at himself in the mirror. All right, Brian, that's the next set of scenes I got. What do you think, brother? Yeah, I got a little bit on this one, so bear with me. Um, I don't really agree, though, with uh, Allison's character arc that much. It doesn't seem that realistic that she'd take shit like she does from that doctor and the other nurse um you know and dr mathis saying cute isn't she to me is completely out of place uh and the fact that Lori is the one telling allison to get into the spirit of fucking halloween what i mean i, I don't know also this love at first sight thing is ridiculous i hate it um build that shit up some more now, I mean, the flirting, the back and forth, I'm all for that. It gives good character development. It shows Allison is is still this badass that we've known her to be who makes first moves. You know, I've dated a few girls like that. They're feisty. Uh, but it was just it was just way too fast, in my opinion, and it felt forced. Um, you know, the way they used Lindsay, you should have just had her die in kills. I mean, it's completely wasted here, in my opinion. Um also, the, the whole mommy dearest-esque thing with Corey's mom, I hated. Um, it was far too much. Like, it wasn't lost on me that they were trying to mirror the, the female version of the abusive asshole father trope, but I don't think it was needed. Um, you know, you knocked Corey down enough with what happened to him in the cold open. You're, you're trying to do, I felt like, too much to me. Um, plus, we don't even, 
anyway, never mind. I'll, we'll get to that later. Um, this grocery store scene, Mike brought it up earlier. Man, give me some more of that. Like, you know, we got to see Lori flirting with Frank, you know, the hair twirling, the whole nine yards in the grocery store. And, you know, she was getting to be that teenager again that Lori never got to be. You know, she she had that taken away from her in the first movie. And that's the kind of shit, like, if you're going to have a Lori arc, her slowly regaining that which she had taken away from her was a way to do it over three movies. Um, to me, it's just that there's, there's such a disconnect from what we have here to what we got the last two movies. Um, and I think they missed a big opportunity there. You know, Frank was criminally underutilized as well after the last two movies. Nico said that. Um, and come the fuck on. Like, no way in hell Sandra from the last one survived that fucking light to the neck and all of those, like, wounds. Like, it's completely dumb to even have that scene and show that to me. Completely dumb. Um, now, we get the Nick Castle cameo here. I loved the the See Anything You Like reference. Now, if you had him be the bum and be killed later and then had PJ Souls back here to, to do that cameo, that works for me. Like, that's a better choice, I think. But other than that, I mean, the bar scene, I felt like went on too long. Like, I, I, I tried looking both times here as well, like, was Mrs. Allen in the bar wearing the same exact dress from the cold open? Like just, it looked like just a shawl was thrown over it. So obviously like in story, that wouldn't make any sense. But if she just shot her scenes the same day and they didn't change wardrobe, they just, you know, threw a, threw a shawl over it. That would definitely be a little bit of a blunder there, but I don't know, you know, even their fight after, like, I, I think this is their first date and they acted like they've been dating for months. It just felt weird. I didn't like that either. Lastly, with the bullying, look, it definitely feels like a villain origin story here. But then suddenly we get Myers, you know, he's, he's interjected in here and he's just chilling in the wall like Frankenstein or something. And he lets him fucking go. What? Like, and, and it almost, it almost insinuates the evil passed to him right there, like some virus. But but did it? Like, it's dumb either way to me. I hate it either way. Kill Corey right there. Shock the people with all of this character development you just went through. And this is where the movie, to me, jumps off the rails completely. Like, it's, it's a what-the-fuck-just-happened thing for me. And at this point, the movie instantly lost me. Yeah, so there's still a little bit of good at the beginning here. And then, like Brian, the movie loses me in the sewer. So, I like the Allison Corey arc uh, as far as this part. Like, I like that they're kind of instantly drawn to each other. And and by the way, you know, why is this doctor such an asshole to Allison? Like, that's never really explained, especially when she's supposed to be, quote-unquote, up for a promotion. Okay, whatever. But I guess that was just to make Corey look like a good guy, I guess. Um, two things. The best character in this movie is Corey's stepdad. The worst character in this movie is Corey's mom. She sucks ass. Man, I'll tell you what. I know he's living at home and he's 24. But like, I would rather live on them streets than have to deal with that shit. That is ridiculous. Wait, wants to know who I'm texting. Man, get the fuck out of here, bro. Get the fuck out of here. I know there's something bad happened to him and she's overprotective and I, I get the story they're trying to tell with her but she stinks man she's she's a part of the movie that just drags it down even more um i like this party scene you know every movie we've done in this trilogy and we'll 
I'll touch on that at the end. Has brought back something from another movie that they retconned in this franchise. I don't understand the decision to continue to do that, by the way. Like, in 2018, to have a little nod to everything, okay, cool. Got that out of the way. Now Thank let's you. make a fucking movie, right? Cool. But you cannot tell me this party scene is not part of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Can't tell me that. Can't convince me otherwise. That's it, It's literally almost the same lighting as that scene. Like, you cannot tell me there's not a little nod to that. I'm not overthinking it, at least not in my head. Um, so it's fine. Like, I like the party scene, and I like that Corey's out having a good time. And I actually like the Scarecrow mask. If this movie ever actually got off the ground as it should have, and that's as a spinoff, he could have just kept using this Scarecrow mask, like, or a version of it. Like, that would have been fine. Um, honestly, throughout this whole movie, if he had just killed with the Scarecrow mask on, I would have been okay with that. Um, but we didn't get that. And I like that Jeremy's mom is here. Uh, she's wearing the same costume, I, I guess, from the night her son died. I guess that's like a grief thing for her, so I'm not going to totally criticize that choice. Um, but this, this like misunderstanding that Corey and Allison have, it's forgotten about very quickly. Like both sides are kind of justified in their gripes. And then it's forgotten about very quickly because these band bullies, as I like to call them, throw Corey off a bridge or a overpass or whatever the fuck. Um, but I like the, I do like that Corey stands up for himself here. This is where the movie fucking loses me. And by the way, shout out to Nick Castle. I like the cameo. I like the see anything you like line. I thought that was really nice. Wish he had a bigger role, but I understand. Um, what the fuck went on in this sewer? This is terrible. Um, this is why the movie doesn't need Michael Myers right here. Because you're telling me Michael Myers has been down in that sewer for four years stewing. And here's a question. Where's what has he been eating? <laughs> Where's he been shitting? Like, what's he been doing, man? And I got you. I got you. He's in a sewer, so he can literally shit anywhere. Uh, two, that's fair. That's fair. He's eating pizza because he's training to do martial arts from Master Splinter. <laughs> Dude, this is a, a, a yes, that's fair. But this is okay. Well, hold on, because this is about to become like a fucking Mr. Miyagi story, which really pisses me off. So, like, ah. Anyway, I know that's a karate kid. I'm just saying, like, I could see that already happening before I even saw the rest of this movie. I'm like, oh, he's going to be an understudy of fucking Michael Myers. What the fuck is this, man? Like, the transference of evil through the eyes, that's bullshit. That, that is total hokey garbage. Like, I don't understand why we needed the, like, the eyes lighting up. Like, I, I don't understand that. I think it's terrible. Um, you could have gotten that same effect if you really wanted to tell this story for some reason. You could have gotten that same effect from them just looking at each other. Looking into the, sorry, I know I keep going back to 78, but looking into the devil's eyes, the blackest eyes. Like, could have just looked into those deep black pool eyes and got the same effect. But nope, you had some transference of evil, which I just don't understand the decision. And Corey kills this homeless guy here. And it's like that first taste of blood. Again, I like this story if we don't have a Michael Myers influence, but now we do. And the movie just – this is where the movie just gets the, – the, the, there's no other word to describe it other than fucking weird. The movie is weird for the rest of the movie. 
Yeah. Um, so first of all, when she goes up to, uh, or when she's talk, Allison's talking to Corey, and she says she's got a rattling in her car. This motherfucker just go ahead and diagnoses it as loose clamps without looking at it, without asking where the rattling's coming from, without hearing the rattling, without her saying, "Hey, it's coming from the rear." What the fuck? That oh god, that pissed me off just from a real, real like a believability standpoint. Assholes. Um, <laughs> a terrible. A terrible line is, or something that's in, annoyed the shit out of me is when Lori's in the kitchen carving the pumpkin. And she goes, you just got to show grief your fucking tits and say, let's go and slams the pumpkin on the floor. Get the fuck out of here. God. And then, uh, you know, oh, I love it. <laughs> I actually love that's, it. That's but I get it. Dialogue, though. But uh, who talks like that? Who talks like that? People Jamie Lee Curtis in real life. Jamie Lee Curtis in real life talks like that. That's the only reason it's there, pal. She may talk like that in interviews, but the real Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't talk like that because no one fucking talks like that. Um, I don't know. She's a little weird, but anyway. Coach Coach can't catch for shit. They're walking through the uh, grocery store, and she tosses him a can of vegetables, and old fucking he was act like Alan out there. He just couldn't catch cold in the fucking winter. Um, they rush the shit out of this story, the love storyline. Lori says uh, she's been talking to this guy. Bitch, she's seen him twice. She hasn't been talking to him. She's thrown herself at him twice, and he spurned her advances. And now you're just going to say she's been talking to this guy. We're just going to ignore facts to create storylines, I guess. Um, I do like you know the Nick Castle cameo here, but I do agree with what you said earlier. It would have been, made a lot more sense for him to be the uh, hobo under the bridge because, especially the one you know the line he says later, "I am Michael Myers" or whatever. Damn, that yes. would have been perfect. But uh, that's not what we get because we're not paid to make the decisions. Um, <laughs> the party scene goes on way too long, just way too fucking long. The, you you could have yes. shortened that by about yes. ten minutes. Um, I don't even know if it was 10 minutes, but it just felt like it was an eternity. And then the, the mom of the boy just happened to be there. And like you said, just dressed the same. And like she just happened to fucking be there and sitting there while he's sitting there. It's just a little too convenient for my taste. Um, and what the hell kind of party is this anyway? Like the age demo, I've never in my life been to a party where there's people that are old enough to be grandparents and people that are like fresh out of high school partying together and the environment, it looks like that. Like, that looks like a fucking rave. There was some Molly going around. You can't tell me otherwise. And there's grandparents there. I ain't buying it. The, what, what the hell kind of city is this? Um, Haddonfield's out of control, man. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, maybe evil should have died that night. And then you're <laughs> going to tell me that when Michael Myers finally comes out of his hole, it's to save someone, not to kill. Go to hell, man. Like, go to hell. I get it. You you know, you want to create a reason for him to have been in, the, like, have him fall into the sewer or something. But Michael literally dragged him in there and then just saved him. And then you get that weird, like, he saves him and then he almost chokes him out as he's transferring his powers or whatever the hell's going on. We get that weird flashback montage that we, we don't need. Uh, I guess it's to show us that something's going on there. And then Corey, all of a sudden, who's been meek and quiet and a push over this whole movie. He just comes out of the tunnel and stabs a hobo and kills him. What the fuck is happening at this point? Like the, 
they're going to sprain an ACL just at the leaps that they're taking here. There's no progression. Everything feels so rushed with how they're getting to these places, and and they don't make sense anyway. They're not they're not logical. Which I guess we're talking logic in a movie about a guy that can't die. So I guess that's fair. But anyway, I'm starting to get annoyed at this point, but I still have hope because at least we have Michael. But I don't have a lot of hope because. Michael doesn't even get the first kill of the movie. Two things. Dustin, Corey turns into uh, black Spider-Man from Spider-Man 3 whenever Tobey Maguire gets a venom <laughs> in him and he starts dancing around like a dumbass. That's what he turns into. And the other thing, a fun fact, the song playing at the grocery store is an instrumental version of Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, to me, I, I always put that it's... movie with Scream, but... <laughs> It sounds like Zamfir's playing it. <laughs> like, you remember the pan flute guy from on the TV ads back in the day? It sounds like he's the one doing the, the Don't Fear the Reaper. I got a chuckle out of that. I thought that was good. Yeah, it's funny because we don't need more cowbell in this movie. We need more fucking Michael Myers. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. All right, Deb and Allison are talking, and Deb says, No hard feelings on the promotion, right? Lori narrates some more as she types some more for her book. Corey rides off on his motorcycle and Lori looks out the window and sees him in the bushes like she saw Michael many Halloweens ago. She goes outside and is jump scared by Corey from behind who appears from fucking nowhere. Corey says he got jumped last night by the kids from the gas station. He says he wants to talk to her and ask if she'd take a walk with him. Lori gives Corey a stare. He admits to Allison he killed someone and she holds his hand. He takes her inside the old Allen home and he tells her what happened that night. She says when people would talk about you, it was like I was looking for you. I could see you. Lori is with Corey's mom now as Lori says he's seeing my granddaughter. Lori says she knows he's had his difficulties and she snaps saying the town turned on him. They would have helped him, but her boogeyman disappeared. They needed a new one. Lori storms out. Allison and Corey are at a diner and he asks, why hasn't she left? Allison is terrified of what she'd be like if left alone. Corey apologizes for the party and he says, I'm not afraid anymore. Doug, the cop, walks up and says she never called. He apologizes for the intrusion, and he offers them to come get some cake. He keeps talking, and Corey snaps on him. Doug realizes who it is, and Corey gets in his face. Doug says he's messing around and walks away. Allison says, just burn it all to the ground. I'll light the match. They're on the motorcycle and at her house. She invites him inside, but he says, another night after they kiss. He drives away and is followed by Doug. Corey leads him to the sewer. Doug gets out his car and checks out a tent and finds the dead man's body. Corey grabs him from behind with a jacket over his face, and Doug punches him. Corey runs away and into the sewer. Doug goes into the sewer, and we see Michael Myers in the corner, and then we see Corey. Michael grabs him, and Doug pushes him off. Corey attacks with a flashlight, and Corey tells Michael to show him how to do it and get up. Michael grabs his knife and slices his throat and stabs Doug to death as Corey holds him. Knock at the door. It's Corey at Allison's house. He says he doesn't know what's happening to him. He sits down and he asks if Michael Myers let her live or did she escape. She asks if his wounds hurt and she says her mother saved her. Lori gets home and sees him going upstairs. Michael is outside and sees Lori and then walks away. Next morning we see Corey and Allison in bed and he sees his scarecrow mask. Deb and Allison talk at work and she says she's fucking him, huh? The perfect Haddonfield story. Allison asks if she ever shuts her goddamn mouth. Doctor talks on the phone about fantasy football, of course, and Allison slams the folders. Lori says to Lindsay, she sees Michael's eyes in Corey. 
She introduces Lori to Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen says he built up sympathy to Corey, and yesterday he says he stopped to speak to Corey to forgive him. He looked at him, and it's not him in the eyes. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. The kid who mowed my lawn didn't kill my son, but he's on a dark path now. We're at Dr. Mathis' house now, and Deb says his house is rich. He tells her he'll meet her in the shower as he pops some champagne. She goes in the room and finds a present. Congratulations on the promotion, and she sees some lingerie. She starts the shower, and we hear a scream and a thud. She turns off the shower and goes outside to find him being stabbed to death by Corey. Corey chases her inside, but she shuts the door on his hand and locks him out. She runs to the bathroom to call 911. Then Michael Myers appears behind her. He grabs her and runs her into the wall and stabs her to the wall. And Corey presses his hand to the glass, and Michael steps back. Brian, what was your thoughts on that scene? Oh, man. Fucking hated it. Look. This moment at the start of this set of scenes where it mirrors the 78 Myers scene, but with Corey by the bushes, this is ridiculous. Like, Lori is the one who pushed Corey on Allison, and literally this moment where she looks outside and sees him, she suddenly instantly knows he's evil? What how? Come the fuck on with that. Like, that's completely forced. And I think all of this Lori and Corey's mom stuff is completely unneeded filler here. Uh, this movie has become the Corey Cunningham movie and not the Michael Myers movie at this point, which has its place like Mike touched on. If you go full bore, like we've discussed, but they don't do that. And it's just, it's not interesting to me. Like, I don't care for Corey's descent into madness. Um, it seems too fast. And if this is supposed to be like an infection of evil, which is dumb as shit, let me just preface. But if that's what it's supposed to be, commit to it. And I don't feel like they do. And then we get Corey bringing the cop. I don't even know his fucking name. It's like, is this Officer Mulaney? I don't know. It's because it doesn't even matter, apparently. But Corey brings him to the to, to Myers like he's the fucking it, it entity and like he's feeding him and like his, you know, he's his dad teaching him how to stab somebody. And then you get the weird shaking, like he's getting more powerful, like, you know, like Freddie does. Again, if this is the route you're going to take, then why doesn't he fucking stay strong then? Like, he's weak. Like, the mob thing just happened yesterday. Um, the black eyes thing is like is like the whole outlier of this is maybe a virus that's being transmitted. See, I was taking this whole thing, and I said this when we first, I think, watched all the movie. I said this. I thought I was taking it as, like, evil as in everyone, just, you know, deep down, and it can get pulled out of you. But this black eyes thing is like the outlier in this. Like, I, I don't know. It wasn't fucking explained. So who the fuck knows at this point? Just make shit up. Hell, they did. Um, then we get the tag team kills on the doctor and the nurse. You know, did, did did Michael and Corey ride together to the scene? Like, did Michael ride bitch on the motorcycle with Corey? Like, it's just curious. Because, you know, the kills were fine. Like, Myers is strong enough here to pick the nurse up with one hand. Well, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the callback kill to the first one. Like, again, it's been done. Mike touched on that earlier. Why are you redoing kills? But the corkscrew one with the doctor, I did like. Um, but the team up, like, this feels like a bad fan film with this set of scenes. And, you know, you brought the Ninja Turtles earlier, but I actually wrote here when when they left, when they left, like, this whole murder scene, did, you know, did he let Michael drive the motorcycle back to the Ninja Turtles sewer layer? And, you know, did they stop for some pizza maybe on the way back? Like, this is, <laughs> I, I fucking hate this group of scenes. Go ahead. 
Yeah, man. It, this just oh, it doesn't do anything for me. You get that that shot, that you know, recreation of the seventy eight of Lori looking out the window, and she just has a bad feel. Like that that that's never explained. And look, I have said already twice. I'm fine with Corey Cunningham's descent into madness as a story within the Haddonfield universe, for lack of a better term. Okay. Like if that, like if it were in the same universe as that, as the, all the other Halloween movies and like season of the witch and everything, like that's fine. Like you want to have a standalone where evil infects the town. That's great. But one, this happened so fast. And two, what, Here's how I would have done it. Quick side. Here's how I would have done it. If you're going to do this, which this means this was not the original idea, obviously. If Corey Cunningham at some point in Halloween Kills had been introduced as a character of note, or if the even the Jeremy thing happens in Halloween Kills, then maybe, maybe I would buy in to this story happening as fast as it does. Because that means it's been sitting with him for four years. But this is a brand new character in the final act of a trilogy that makes no sense. And now he's the main focus. Like, it just doesn't work for me within the Michael Myers story, which is what, I mean, Michael's in the movie, kind of. So I don't like that scene. I don't like Laurie and, and, and Corey's mom. It's, it's an exposition dump that I just don't think is worth anything. Um, man, this whole, those two teaming up like the fucking mega powers, like it's 85 and Macho Man and Hulk Hogan have gotten together. Like, what's the point in that? Like that is, that's honestly, that led to some unintentional comedy, I guess. Like, or for me and in my theater, it did like people were laughing at that shit. That's is more that what like, they were going for? More like doink and dink. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely more like Doink and Dink. Someone watched the new generation over there. Uh, so, yeah, but, you know, it felt so out of place. And like you said, it felt like a fan film. But that 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 scene, and there were some good kills here. I think the doctor's a good kill. I, look, I don't like the fact that they threw it back to the Bob kill, but it was fine. Like, it's okay. But, like, the people in the theater with me were laughing during the set of scenes. Like, is that what they were going for? Because if they weren't, then they they failed miserably with the people that I was in the theater with. People were laughing, uh, which really pisses me off when something's – if I'm in a horror movie and people are laughing at something that's not supposed to be, then I have a – I kind of take issue with that. Um, but whatever. Humor is subjective. Um, really quick to throw it back. I actually like this diner scene here with, with uh, Corey – and Allison, like, I think it's a good, like, it's good character work. Like, I like those two going back and forth. Uh, obviously, you know, they're falling for each other a little too fast. And, you know, they want to blow up Haddonfield, not literally, or at least in Allison's eyes, but she wants to get the fuck out of here. And I like that. I like the back and forth. I like the cop coming in. But this whole tag team kill on the cop doesn't do anything for me. Like, it just... You're going to lead him there, and then Michael Myers is going to show you how to kill somebody? Like, this isn't the this isn't fucking Karate Kid, man. Wax on, wax off. Fuck that. Like, oh, God, it drove me nuts, man. I just hated it. Uh, it just had – we're about to get into the most egregious scene in the entire franchise. But before that, 
had Corey just kept this scarecrow mask as his mask, okay, at least they're separate entities. But what we're about to get into makes me want to fly to David Gordon Green's house and kick him in the nuts, as Cartman would say. So that's all I got. I just kind of want to kick David Gordon Green, Danny McBride in the balls. Yeah. Um, so the whole shot where we're in the doctor's office there and we get Deb getting the promotion and apologizing or saying no hard films, whatever, it's, it was odd to me. Because it's literally the only reason we went to the doctor's office was to show that. And it was very brief. Didn't do anything but give us that information. I feel like there was a better way to let us know that Allison didn't get the promotion than just go in there and then we're back out. Um, we get more fucking narrating. Great. We get the shot of Corey out the window. Like it's a cool visual as a callback to 78, but I agree with you, Brian. Like it's just forced. Like I didn't like, like, like you said, she's the one that invited him in and she, she was trying to play matchmaker and hook them up. And then all of a sudden, based on nothing, she, I, I don't, I don't like this kid. I got my suspicions. Get the fuck out of here. And then he was uh, standing by that fucking bush. Weird. Yeah, right. Congratulations, you played yourself, Lori. That's your own fucking fault. And then what the fuck are we even doing at this point? Like, I had to pause it to look. We're an hour in, and we've only had five minutes of Michael, maybe. And most of it was flashbacks to other films. So it's like, what? And, like, all we have is this redemption love story between two outcast kids, and one of them is progressively getting more evil. But this is just where I lose my like this set of scenes is where I lose my faith in the possibility of this being a good movie. Um, I still had hope until here. And now we do get another Michael sighting and him and Casey, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, Casey, I can't read uh, with him and Corey and Corey yells at him and then bosses him around. And then they turn into the tag team champs of knifing as they kill Doug. But what the fuck are we doing? Like what? I, I'm, I'm so he's he doesn't need a tag team partner. What, what are we doing? Uh, and then Michael, when Lori arrives back at the house in her Ford fucking Ranger, Michael wouldn't just stare at her from behind the tree and then turn around and walk away. Not the Michael that we saw in Halloween Kills. Michael would have killed that bitch right then. But no, no, no. He's just going to look and walk away and create more more drama. Uh, and then when she says that I, I see Michael's eyes and Corey. Oh, brother, give me a fucking break. Like, what a reach. She's reaching like, uh, not she, the the writers are reaching like Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam here. Like, that, come <laughs> on. And then poor Doc and Deb, I mean, Under, Undertaker and Kane, who? These are the real brothers of destruction, because that was some pretty brutal shit there that we got back at their house. Um, and, you know, that's just, <laughs> that's just unfortunate, man. That's the worst kind of cock block. Not only do you not get, uh, you know, the lovely Deb, you fucking die. So, uh, but I don't really hate the idea of Michael having a, having an apprentice necessarily, but the overall execution sucked and the placement, like do it in a different film. Don't do it in this finale because like I said earlier, like this, this storyline that we got just doesn't work for the end of a saga. But if they try this somewhere else, like if, this was the middle movie. If this was what we got in kills, I'd probably like it a lot more. But uh, like I said, this set of scenes, I'm just like, okay, this movie is going to be as bad as I think. Let's just get out of here. Really quick, 
I know we're going long anyway, so might as well fucking say it now. How would you guys feel if everything in this was flipped? So this movie came first in the trilogy, and then I guess kills would be second or or, or third. So you get this movie, 2018 maybe, after they throw Michael in prison or something. Like just like the not the whole movie, but like the idea, the stories. Like that way, that epic battle that we get in 2018 with Laurie and Michael is the end of that fucking of this trilogy. Because at least, at least in this one, you're like maybe Corey's the one that brings Michael Myers back to Haddonfield, not not him going to prison. Like if you just kind of flipped it all in in order, I think maybe it would at least work a little bit better than than this being the final chapter. Because that's, I mean, I thought about that earlier today. Yeah, I mean, just not here. Just not as as the end of the saga. That's totally fair. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Yep, I could see where like you have a different babysitter kind of story, and then Michael gets brought in. I could see that working, but like you you got to change a, a lot of stuff around from every movie. Oh yeah, this to be first. You know what I'm saying? But I I, no, I know fair. I know what you're saying. You know I'm, I, I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. All right. Corey and Allison are on the motorcycle again, smiling and laughing. They're on top of the radio station, and Corey says the beacon was like it was summoning him to be happy again. It always gave me hope that things would go back to how they used to be. I got to get away from everybody who knows me, but I don't want to go alone. He jumps down, fooling Allison. He jumps to the ground below now. I'm not interested in immortality. Willie walks out and asks what they're doing out here. He knows who Allison is. He tells him to get off his property before he fucks him up. Allison says she doesn't want to be in Haddonfield anymore. I want to be with you as Lori watches them. Joan tells Corey he can smell her on him. She kicks him out the house and smacks him. She instantly apologizes and kisses him. Ronald says, I hope you find love. October 31st, Corey wakes up in the old Allen house where Jeremy died, and we see Lori watching him. She says, there are two kinds of evil. There's the evil that exists as an external force that threatens the well-being of the tribe. Then there's the other kind that lives inside us like a sickness. It's more dangerous because we may not know we're infected. Corey asks if he's a bad person or if Lori is. We're both fucked up. I want to help you. Allison is not equipped for this relationship. Stay away. Corey says, if I can't have her, no one will. You want to help Allison? Let her live her life. He tells her you should give in. You should surrender that feeling you had when you first looked into his eyes. You secretly hope Michael comes back for you. Lori is gone now. This is the second time where she gets called out and she just dips. Like, fuck off, Lori. Corey calls Allison and says, we need to leave. He says, meet me at 9 at the diner off 74. He says her grandma wants to kill him. I can't take it anymore. Corey goes into the sewer and throws around and fights Michael Myers. He gets him to the ground and just calls him a guy with a mask and takes it from him and exits the sewer. And then Michael sits up swiftly. Nighttime now and the marching band kids see Psycho carved into their hood and they chase after Corey. Allison puts on a coat and goes into her room, and the two argue. Lori says he's capable of real harm. I see the same thing in him as I did in Michael. I don't want your protection. You can have a good life, just not with him. Allison grabs Lori, saying, you've pretended you've moved on, and says she won't be happy until everyone is as miserable as her. Allison says the hysteria you caused got my parents and friends killed. You're the one capable of harm. We're at the junkyard now with the band kids. We see the fence closed and locked up. Terry tells Billy to back the car up. They're going to drag his motorcycle. He calls for Billy, but no answer. 
He finds Billy dead with his drumstick through his eye. Truck lights turn on, and Margot and Stacy take off running. Stacy jumps the fence, and Margot is hit as she climbs over, and she's pinned underneath the fence. Terry bangs on the window for Ronald to help. Corey exits the truck and bashes Stacy with a pipe wrench. Ronald goes to check out what's going on and is shot in the head by Terry. Terry finds Stacy dead and tries to help Margot. Corey appears and bashes him in the head with a gun. He uses a torch on Terry's mouth, killing him, and then he stomps Margot's head in. Corey drives away and goes into his mom's house. He grabs a kitchen knife, you know, Michael Myers from Halloween 2 version, and walks behind her. She screams as she sees him, and he lifts the knife up. We're at the radio station, and a caller calls him out for exploiting these people. Corey walks past the window where Willie sits. He walks into the station, and the receptionist asks, can she help him? Corey kills her in the background, and he walks in the room with Willie and grabs him by the head and bashes his head on the desk repeatedly and then cuts his tongue off. And the next set of scenes are the ending. What do you think, Brian? Uh, mixed bag for me on this set of scenes. So uh, with Corey and Allison riding around at the beginning with this music playing, really gave me like Lost Boy vibes. Um, definitely not Halloween vibes. They, you know, they, they do some good bonding and some character development, but again, it, it just feels off. Like even for somebody falling into insanity, it just feels off. Like I just don't care for how, all of this was handled and, and the scene at his house just seemed thrown in there. Like, like it was meant to be earlier in the movie or something. Um, then it just cuts right into this scene with Lori. And, you know, this is where it confuses the hell out of me. Like she talks about evil once again, like it's an infection and is offering to get him help. Like he's super fucked up yet. He's done nothing for Lori to think that as far as she knows you know, and then she makes the entire situation much worse by saying he's not allowed to see Allison anymore. And their fight, like Allison and Lori's, Lori talks to Allison like like she was Dr. Loomis and, and watched Myers all these years and Smith's Grove and watched his eyes every night. Myers just attacked her one fucking random night. You know, when did you get such insight into his fucking eyes? I mean, come on. And, you know, Mike calling this next scene, as as Mike put it, the most egregious scene in the franchise, you know, it pretty much is. Like, Corey walks into the sewers to find his tag team partner back, just standing there, beats the shit out of him, and takes his mask. Goddamn Marty you- Jannetty, that motherfucker. Or, or I mean, Shawn Michaels, barbershop window. Are, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how does this make any sense whatsoever? You know, when he just lifted some chick up with one hand and pinned her to the wall, wouldn't that have made him stronger? Or or is Corey now super strong evil? Because, like, if so, pretty sure he's shown to not be in the next group of scenes. Just none of this makes any sense because nothing is committed to fully by the writers. It's just such a damn bizarre group of scenes to me. Um, now, the junkyard scene is okay. I mean, the kills are legit good. Um, you know, I feel bad for Corey's dad. Dude just lives in hell at home with a shitty wife and is just trying to help out his crazy stepson and gets shot by some no-name dude that's not even the star of the movie. Sometimes life be like that, my guy. Like, it just sucks. Um, shout out to Diana Prince cameo. Like, would love to have you on the show sometime. Uh, check your emails. Uh, I hated her death was off screen, though. Still, still cool she was in it, though. And the DJ's death with the tongue thing. Hey, points for creativity. I thought that was pretty cool as well. Um, you know, the set of scenes ended on a good note, 
but most of it I thought was shit. Again, this set of scenes has the most egregious scene in the Halloween franchise to me. I, I cannot think of any scene that does a bigger disservice to its main character than this scene that I'm about to talk about. But let me get to something kind of positive first. Um, I like this first one, though, on the motorcycle. Like, I get what you're saying, Brian, very much Lost Boy vibes. And again, sometimes the three times I've watched this movie, I keep floating in and out of being invested in the story. And then I remember they're somehow tying Michael Myers to this. Like, this is not a bad story for a horror film, just on its surface. But now that you've involved Michael Myers, like, I keep having to remind myself, oh, yeah, oh, this is some cockamamie bullshit. You know, like, it just frustrating. But a scene like that, I love the cinematography. I think the motorcycle ride was pretty cool with the music. Um, I thought that this is my problem with a lot of Corey's kills is they're very much – the Rob Zombie's version of Michael Myers that they're all revenge kills. Uh, all the ones that Corey has are, are revenge kills for the most part. And so this DJ talking shit to them outside of the radio tower really, uh, I'm like, that's fine. But now I know you're dead because that's clearly what Corey's motivation is. And I've said on this show a billion times, the shape is motiveless. He does not care. Uh, it, it, he he just kills because he likes to kill. That's the whole point of the original intent of the Michael Myers character. He's the shape. That's what it is. And and to give this killer a motive to me doesn't work. Like I just uh, hate it in a Halloween movie. I like it in a spinoff, but I hate it in a Halloween film. Um. All right, here we go. The most egregious bullshit I have ever seen. The fact that Corey Cunningham goes into this sewer cave that. Dustin said is right out of the Ninja Turtles, and he's right. <laughs> uh, and Corey Cunningham goes in there and fucking beats the dog shit out of Michael Myers. And I know he's supposed to be weakened, and he's older, but he just killed. And you made it very clear when he killed that police officer that this killing thing he does gives him some kind of Hulkamania powers from 1987. Like, Michael Myers literally starts to Hulk up there in the sewer. So how was he not stronger after killing Deb by hanging her like Bob? Like, I would really like some good explanation there, and we just don't get it. So Corey Cunningham is now this all-powerful being where he beats the shit out of Michael Myers and takes his mask, which, by the way, ruins the entire thing as far as Corey Cunningham goes. Keep Corey in that scarecrow mask. I think I feel a little bit different. But the fact that this man went full Sartain and put out, which by the way, that was a big gripe for me in 2018, a movie that I really like. The fact that Sartain, all Sartain did was put the mask on. Corey Cunningham goes and put, and does a cosplay version of Michael Myers. It pisses me off. It's the worst scene in the franchise to me. That's just my opinion. Um, but, but the kills we get here from Corey are great. I hate that they're Corey. But they are great kills. I think everything in the junkyard is great. Felt bad for Corey's dad, but it was time for him to get his revenge for sure. Uh, and I think all the kills there were really good. The the uh, blowtorch one or whatever was just fucking. That was sick, man. That was wild. I really enjoyed that kill, and I enjoy the DJ kill where he has the tongue on the record and it's skipping. Like I really like that. Uh, last thing I'll say is Lori and Allison's argument. I feel doesn't it just doesn't belong 
here they are all hunky-dory, and now really quick, all of a sudden, Allison has turned on Lori, not believing her. So four years ago, when you all made fun of her for not being right, all those years, and then she's finally right about Michael coming back. You physically see Michael Myers returns and kills you know, the citizens of Haddonfield again. So now you're not going to believe the words she's saying now? After you didn't believe her then, you were wrong then? What what makes you think you're right now when she's wrong? Like, I just don't understand. I still like the character of Allison. But the thing with Allison is everyone's like, oh, she's so dumb in this movie. She falls for Corey quick. She turns on her grandma. Allison's been dumb the whole trilogy, guys. There's not one. There's And I love her. She's a badass, and she takes no shit. But she doesn't make smart decisions the entire trilogy. So I really don't see that. That To me, it's just a character trait of Allison. So mixed bag like in this to, set of scenes for sure. I'd like her to make some bad decisions with me. Um, so Me too, buddy. I, I'm pulling for you. We did get some funny shit in this set of scenes, though, because when uh, the DJ there is walking out, he's like, Corey Cunningham, you ugly motherfucker. Like, I laugh my ass off. That's, that's the best quote in the whole movie. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But, and this movie just tries so hard to make Michael and Corey sympathetic. Like, she bullied a man with brain damage. Like, that's creating an excuse for Michael in the way uh, that Corey's just constantly bullied through this movie. Give me a fucking break, man. Like, we don't we don't need that. We don't need this, uh, you know, trying to villainize Lori, which you can watch the movie and understand that she's played her part in whatever. But uh, to say she bullied a man with brain damage into doing this, these heinous acts, and then uh, Corey's just getting the shit kicked out of him every time he turns around, like, come on. And then the uh, the whole evil inside you speech, that's just annoying. And, like, she's leaned up against the uh, the wall in her chair like she's a cool substitute teacher. What the fuck are we doing here? Um, and then, so this guy that's been bullied this entire movie and these high school band kids kicked his ass and threw him over the bridge and all this, like, now he's just going to beat the shit out of Michael Myers and steal his mask. All right. Cool. That's just what we're doing here. Um, it was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't. It's it's probably funny in a mean way, but it was funny as shit to me to see Margot run and then climb that fence, and then she just stands there while the truck just runs her ass over. <laughs> like I laughed my fucking ass off, and then we get a brutal stomp to her face. Like there's pretty good effects on that stomp uh, on her caved in face there. Um, and then yeah, the Mike touched on it that brutal blowtorch death like it was out of focus but it was brutal enough like it was yeah. in focus enough for us to see that that i love that it was out of focus it, it kind of helped yeah. it to me like i really enjoyed it yeah i thought that was well done as well um and then you know when the dj dies his tongue first of all his tongue like sticking out hanging out of his mouth like that was kind of comedic like that's that's comic-esque but when he cut his tongue off and it's just flopping on the record player, like that shit was funny too. Like that was a funny visual. How it's just laying there and it eventually knocked the needle off. But um, I, I don't hate this set of scenes as much as the last set of scenes because hey, we got a lot of action here. But at the same time, I'm I'm highly annoyed with most of it. You know, in eighteen, we got that epic tooth scene for me. You know, some people kind of feel like that Myers putting the mask back on was that scene for 2018. 
Um, in Kills, we got that epic flashback, that epic fucking firefighter scene. All of these were franchise-defining scenes, like not just for this trilogy, like just amazing scenes. And we've talked about it forever. This movie, we get a 20-year-old beating the shit out of Michael Myers and then taking his mask. One of these is not like the others. You're just an old man in a mask. Beat your ass. This world's gone to shit. That, that's something I hate in this movie. It's like, Corey says he's just a guy in a Halloween mask, and then Laurie at the end cuts his throat saying, you're just a guy who's about to stop breathing. It's like, bro, he's just a guy? Then what the fuck are you right. so upset for this in the past four years if he's just a guy? <laughs> this motherfucker survived getting beat by an angry mob, a, 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 a retired sheriff, goddamn Tommy Doyle with a baseball bat, which, you know. An entire fire department? Yeah, I mean, not just the guy, but that's the whole point. Like John Carpenter's version, he is human, but he has supernatural elements. So it's kind of one of those, is he, isn't he? And they, this movie doesn't do a good job of it though. They, they keep flopping on each side of the fence when you're just supposed to kind of leave it up to a, eh, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Like we talked about the end of Halloween kills last year, he became like Freddie. He quit killing people were stopped scared of him. He got weak. Like that's, that's how I took it. Honestly. But, well, but here's the wrong time, Michael. <laughs> Sorry. All right, here's the epic finale we were promised. We're at the diner now, and Allison notices the radio messing up and goes inside and sits down. Her phone rings. It's Lori, but she ignores it. She apologizes as she looks at Karen's handprints and a picture of her, Annie, and Linda. Allison sends more texts to Corey, but no answers. Lori goes upstairs with her drink and lights up her jack-o'-lanterns. She looks through her writings, and she pulls out a pistol. She calls 911 and reports a suicide at her home. She puts the gun to her head and weeps. We see someone walking up the stairs and hear a gunshot. Pumpkin splatters all over the wall, and Corey opens the bedroom door. Lori points the gun at him, saying, You don't think I'd really kill myself as she shoots him several times, and he falls through the stair rails. She says she's tried so hard to have compassion and mercy. She tosses the gun and she says, You came here to kill me, so do it. He grabs the knife and hears Allison drive up. He takes the knife and laughs. If I can't have her, then he stabs himself in the throat. Allison walks in and she sees Lori holding the knife over his body. She drops the knife and she screams, what did you do to him? Lori backs away and she asks, why did you do this? Allison leaves the house and Lori goes into the kitchen and sees the back door open. We see Michael grab his mask and we hear footsteps and Corey grabs his hand as as he reaches for the knife. Michael squeezes his head and snaps his neck. Lori shuts and locks the the door and hides in a closet. Allison sees the light on the tower and hears a message from Frank about Lori's suicide call. Michael looks through the kitchen and sees the microwave going, and he turns around when he hears a knocking noise. Lori grabs a fire extinguisher and attacks him, and he throws her into the china cabinet and puts his boot to her throat. She kicks his shin, and he bashes her into the fridge. She bashes the back of her head into his chin, and he tosses her across the island. She grabs a knitting pin and swings at him, and he shoves it into the side of her face. She stabs a knife through his hand, and she bashes him with a bar stool. She stabs another knife into his chest. He sits up, and she stabs another knife through his other hand. She throws the fridge on his leg, pinning him down. Lori grabs a kitchen knife and stabs him in his like armpit area. She takes his mask off and slices his throat. You're just the man who's about to stop breathing. He gets his hand free and chokes her. She says, do it, and has flashbacks from 78 and 18. Allison runs in and breaks his arm. 
Lori takes a knife and slits his wrist, and he continues to bleed. Frank runs inside and sees Corey's dead body. He goes in the kitchen and finds Michael dead on the table. Allison said he's not dead enough. They tie his body to the roof of the car, and Frank says it's time for this town to start healing. A platoon of Haddonfieldites follow them to the junkyard where the town people carry Michael's body to the compactor. Allison turns the machine on, and Lori pushes Michael's body into the metal compactor. Lori narrates more and says he got no memorial, no tombstone. Allison says she was right about Corey. He killed those people, you fucking think? Haddonfield finally had resolve. The news reports on Lori as Allison drives away from Haddonfield. Lori continues writing. She said goodbye to my boogeyman. Evil doesn't die. It changes shape. Ring at the doorbell. It's Frank, who left her a veggie basket. He wanted her to know that he was thinking about her and to enjoy. She asked him about those cherry blossoms, and she sits on the porch step. He joins her, and the camera pans away. Look through the house, and music plays. Halloween ends. End credits roll. Brian, what did you think? Terrible. Um, okay, so the beginning of the set of scenes clearly shows Corey isn't super strong here. So I guess the evil potion must have not worked the same way as it did with Myers or whatever the fuck they're doing in this movie. Um, but he gets owned by Lori pretty quickly. Uh, I, I liked the trick from from Lori with the pumpkin. And I really, you know, I really liked him, you know, him stabbing himself in the neck. Uh, Corey, that is. I thought, oh, okay, like this could still be salvaged at this point. You know, have Allison fully pushed to turn on Lori. Okay, but no, we get Allison coming in, gets mad, then turn around and drives like just a little bit down the road and goes, eh, it's okay now. Like if you're if you're going to go that route, like have it have some real consequences. Like that would have been ballsy as fuck to have them like Allison just kill her. Uh, kill Lori or, or or then like have Lori go and really kill herself. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like a complete fucking waste and a complete wasted opportunity. Um, you know, and then we get Myers who finally, you know, finally we're going to get this big showdown between Lori and Myers that we've been promised, like Nico said, but instead we get the Lori show again. Like he's strong enough to break Corey's neck pretty easily. He appears fully strength again but that's just blue balls. Like literally no reason for Lori to at all think that Myers is back by the way, but yet she does suddenly, I guess with her spider senses. And honestly, she's stronger than he is. Like she's 60 something year old woman and takes a needle to the fucking dome pretty handily. And super strong Myers can't even fight her off nor move his hand as it's pinned to the table. Like somebody is that strong uh, we've seen him get limbs and fingers cut off, and he can't even move his hand that's pinned to the table. Allison comes in and single-handedly breaks his arm completely off, it seems like. What the fuck? You know, then you spent all this fucking time trying to act like Myers and Strode aren't connected. You've retconned them being brother and sister. And here we are at the end of your Big Bad trilogy, the third movie, the fourth in your timeline, and they're still fighting, and we are getting them holding hands at the end. Which James talked about in the interview a little bit. Don't go out there.com. Um, you know, that, that, and that scene makes them feel more connected than ever. 
It's like make up your fucking mind. And in like three minutes, they get the entire town together as they drive Myers to the junkyard, um, making no fucking sense. I mean, yeah, the effects were fantastic when he gets put in there, uh, when he's being chopped up, the blood, the guts. Look, they look great. But I hated this entire ending. Um, There's another original one, which they show test audiences, and I'll let one of the other guys tell that. If if not, I'll touch on back on it later. I've talked long enough, but I just I just feel bad for friend of the show James, who had his Michael Myers. Nico thinks it's the best of all time. I definitely think it's the best iteration of the character. Regardless, it goes out like this. Go ahead, Mike. <sighs> okay, so. This, to me, is the biggest reason I don't like this movie. Is because right here we get them cutting our balls off. Or, cut. you know, they cut us off right here. Because if they decided to go all the way with this Corey Cunningham character. And I have an idea where they could have still gotten to this final battle between Laurie and Michael and had a better ending for Corey Cunningham than we get here. I'll... I'll hold on to that in a second. But starting off, I like this setup with Lori. Like, I think the fake suicide call is is a good plan of action for her um, because she obviously clearly knows that Corey is coming to find her or that's the sense that she gets since it's Halloween night uh, and just kind of has that feeling. And she does that to get the cops to come to the house. That's smart. Like, I like that. And I like the effects that we get with the, you know, the shooting of the pumpkin. And I like all that. And she shoots Corey. And Corey, here's the thing. The whole big crescendo for Corey was getting to Lori. And he never even gets to lay a fucking hand on this woman. Um, she shoots him twice. He's on his knees the entire time. And this is basically all, all she wrote for Corey. Corey kills himself, tries to make him look like Lori. How is that a fitting end? To this character that you've made, made the main one this entire movie. Shouldn't there be some redeeming or some like small redeeming element to Corey? Like maybe at the last minute, you know, Michael shows up. They're all there. Allison's there. Maybe at the last minute to save Allison, he snaps out of it and tries to kill my or kills Michael or tries to beat, you know, or jump on Michael something to kind of make his character have some kind of nice wrap up. This is th- why would you kill off the whole, the, the, the whole point that you've made of this story. And then you give us this forced last final battle that you've been promising the whole time. And it feels like they took the ending of the original movie they had all those years ago and just stuck it on the end of this new script that they wrote after the time jump. That's what it feels like they've done. And now look, I don't mind this, battle that we get i think some of it is good it has some remnants of the old 78 movie and some of the stuff they did in 2018 which is a better final battle if you ask me um and that's fine but i you know this stuff where they just get it, it it's a little too not believable for me Corey has you know michael crucified like he's jesus christ on this you know uh island in the kitchen like that doesn't make any sense to me um you know, you get the flashbacks through the rest of the movie of the franchise as he's choking her. Allison comes in, kind of saves the day. Uh, okay, fine. All of that's fine. And I even like 
I even like the fact that if we're going to kill off Michael, which I fully expected, I would have been totally fine with the throat slit, the wrist slit, and him just kind of bleeding out. And that being the final nail in the coffin, for lack of a better term. But this ending here that we get, what the fuck is this? Uh, like, how did the whole town of Haddonfield get out there? It's almost like they do what we do when we're about to go live. You know, for 31 on 31, we drop a fucking link to, 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 let, to let everyone know that we're about to be live on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like, is that what they did? Like, hey, they sent out a fucking social media post. Hey, we're about to go kill Michael Myers at the junkyard. Y'all come with us. The whole town walks up there. And, you know, you, you get some cool, like, you know, little cameos. Uh, the kid Julian's there, which I thought was funny. But, like, and the effects, like Brian said, are really good. And I think that scene itself is cool, but they've done nothing to set it up. And then the way they kill Michael Myers in a basically a trash compactor, you know, for lack of a better term, is just that's the ending? That's the end of Michael Myers? I, I just it doesn't work for me. It did not work for me. I would have been to me a better ending would have been letting him bleed out on that table and he just dies. Like I like I and at least that keeps you know some of the mythology there. This just kind of I don't know, man. It doesn't work for me. Uh some of the stuff with Laurie and Hawkins at the very end I think is kind of sweet and I appreciate their character arc, but we barely see Hawkins. We see Hawkins three times in this movie, and he's barely a centerpiece. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned Lindsay Wallace because she's barely in the fucking movie. You kept Lindsay Wallace alive from kills, and then you barely feature her. She should have been prominent, like fighting Michael with Lori. Like, I don't understand why you even brought her back. So, all in all, I don't like the sending very much. Part for two reasons. One, the way they ended Michael. And two, the way they ended Corey. If you're going to give us the main character, then do him some damn justice. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, something that I definitely noticed was when Allison was texting Corey. She's one of those texters. Send it in one message, not four separate Never. messages. Never. People Never. use the fucking send button like it's a comma to yes. break up thoughts or insert a pause. That's not how grammar works. I will wasn't always it, do it. Anyway. Wasn't it an Android too? Wasn't it Green Message? He had an Android. He had, he an, had an Android because that's a Apple, red flag right there. Apple won't let you. You can't. Yeah. You can't be a villain and have an iPhone. That's right. Yes. Yes. I forgot. Or he yes. could have also. He could have had an iPhone and just been out of service because he's been hanging out in the sewers a lot lately, but. Um, Corey's death scene. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Just a clusterfuck of a scene in general. There's a lot going on. A lot of moving parts. She calls in a suicide and swerve. It's not. It's a trap. And then Corey kills himself. And Allison just happened to walk in after she pulled the knife out of his neck. But she didn't hear the gunshots that was leading up to it. And then Lori just cowering down in the corner. Uh, and then the surprise after Allison left. Corey isn't dead. Bro, what the fuck is going on here, dude? There's a lot of shit just happening. We're all over the place here. Um, when <laughs> Lori is hiding and Mike is walking through the kitchen there, why did the knife make that sound as he raised it? Did y'all notice that? It's like a shing. And all he did was lift his arm up. Like, it's come. Okay. All right, cool. We're just adding sound effects now. Um, 
And then Corey just fucking manhandled him earlier. And then Mike's just getting overpowered by Lori. Now he went out sad. This is that, you know, she, when she pinned him to the Island in the uh, kitchen there, this is the most, most disappointing death on an Island since Pearl Harbor. Uh, <laughs> we get the, uh, we get the metal, metal shredder de- uh, disposal of the body. That's a hell of a way to make sure he's dead. Side note. The TikToks where people just put random shit in those shredders, they mesmerize me. I don't follow any of them, but for some reason, they keep popping up on my For You page, and I will watch every one of them. But Me anyway. too. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, and then the whole evil doesn't die, it changes shape, as she's writing in her book here, or memoir, or whatever it is. Uh, that's a great line, actually. So that's the one point where the memoir works, because it's letting us know that this isn't the last Halloween movie. That's how I, like, that's a nice little nod there, because... You know, uh, it's the last one in this series, but it'll definitely be back. It'll be different, but it'll be back. So evil doesn't die. It just changes shape um, because it's it's already been uh, confirmed that, you know, uh, Akkad will take it back over after this and he's going to continue making the Halloween movies. God, give us give us some air, though. Don't rush it. Oh, yeah, they they need a break. Give give us like 10 fucking years before I see another Halloween movie because that's how bad this ending was for this movie. I'm telling you, you're all going to hate it, but they're going to redo Season of the Witch. I'm just telling you now, so get ready for that. I ain't going to hate it. I ain't going to watch it. It's a big difference. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to make you you watch it, pal. You can make me watch Christine. I'm going to make you watch it. Guess who's not going to be on that episode, pal? Guess who's not going to be on Christine, pal? Even better. There will be another Halloween in 2028, the 50-year anniversary. Just book it. Oh, yeah. No I agree with that. They'll do something then. Bring Aaron Armstrong back. Bring I watched Ryan Myers. Bring Kodak Black. It could have c- c- continued the Corey story, but, you know, they killed him. So, fucking idiots. I'm sorry, Dustin. Were you done? Oh, I'm done. Okay. I want to ask you all a quick question before we jump into social media. This is a, a possible ending that I saw online. And I heard it on Talk Scary to me. What would y'all think of this movie at, at the end when Lori's pushing Mike onto the compactor? He comes back to life and pulls her in with him. Does that save the movie? Well, so like half of him's spaghetti and he's like his. Like no, no, no. Like when she's hand. pushing his body into the compactor, he comes back to life right then at that moment and pulls her in with him. It would have been better than what we got. I feel like we'd get a true end to Halloween. It doesn't. I, mean, I feel like I felt like both characters needed to die. Then you, you guys can still have touch- Allison leave. Nobody touched on the the all the ending that was the original ending. Yeah, that they had that for ending. the test <laughs> that they had for test audiences, where Lori basically was was fucking evil. But you know what? That explains though. Whenever they were in the sewer, and then like you had those flashbacks of the exact movie or the same shit that Corey went through, it was almost like that transfer of evil. Well, whenever they were, you know, when Allison came in and saved Lori, she was having those like flashes of all the franchise. I mean, if they were going to stick with that original ending, maybe that was supposed to be the the transfer of evil to to Lori then. But either way, I think both of the endings stink. Honestly, I wouldn't have wanted to see, you know, Allison or Lori attack Allison either because she's evil now. And oh man, I don't know. It's... So. That ending, Nico, doesn't save the movie for me because you still got the movie. Only thing it changes is okay. Now we get a true ending because they're both shredded. But um, I don't care either way. Like that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. No, I, I'm just curious if that would. I've heard that on online. I didn't know if 
if that would make it any better or not. It would be a real pop of an ending, though. It would be like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, yep. I don't like it. I don't really like any three of the endings, but I would have liked the one where they both died the most out of the three. All right, guys, y'all ready to jump into social media? Who wants to go first tonight? Who's got their questions pulled up? I do. I got Instagram. Right, brother, I'll, go I'll, ahead. I'll go ahead and knock them out. So these are from Instagram. Uh, first up, we got Joe Black Tattoo says, this movie is probably better than a lobotomy. Probably. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, Jackson's mommy says, they really took band geeks to a place I'd never seen with a crying laughing emoji. I agree. Holy shit. Yeah. How'd we get here? Uh, Elbow.Tyler says, it was a powerful moment to finally see Lori and Allison get closer on such a huge, horrible part of their lives. Or closure, I guess. That well, says closer. Uh, the social commentary didn't feel as ham handed as it did in kills and i really like the grittiness of the under under the bridge scenes he's right about the social commentary it wasn't as in your face in in this movie uh jesse craft says so many comparisons to other films in this movie christine it grease too with a crying laughing emoji can't (laughs) wait to hear what you guys think uh p.s i actually tried to watch this again to really try to find some positives ended up hating it even more yeah exactly uh, Chris underscore 2020. I got to say, I loved Halloween 2018 and had enough dumb fun with Halloween kills, but I saw this last night and man, was I disappointed. I love some directions that went, but I think they missed a mark hard in my opinion. Yeah. I think we all agree with that. Uh, mark underscore Hef. Okay. Okay. Trying to be measured about this considering I seen it in the movies. I get what they did and don't mind that it was more character driven <laughs> Even kind of like the Corey stuff, the writing in Kills and Ends was that M.M. Michael Myers gets his force or power from killing, hence how he uh, had that come back in the ends and sliced all those folk up. When he hit the sewers for four years and his force has diminished and his injuries are starting to kill him, I get that. However, why do the Corey thing of the evil that they highlighted almost taking hold of Corey didn't survive? Surely Corey would have lived, right? Lori could have died killing Michael Myers, and Corey then had a whole other world to explore as the shape. And Lori spending 40 years in prep mode for Michael Myers, even though he is locked up, versus Michael Myers killing her daughter, and half the town then disappears, whereabouts unknown, and she moves on? What? Anyway, I really, excuse me, really don't know what I feel. The only thing I know is it's over now, and I'm just confused if I liked Michael Myers' send-off or not. That was a lot. Uh, I agree, though. It's confusing as hell. Gail.B.Snail says, I have an idea for what they could do for a movie in the future, but don't know how to go about saying it without spoilers and all that jazz. Uh, and then we, we replied, said, say it. This is a safe space, but I don't. Well, there's not a reply there. So, Gail, let us know. We're, we're curious. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, I found it. So she replied again and said, okay, stupid thought. I admit it. But I had as soon as the movie ended. Allison and Corey banged. <laughs> okay. Love it. Then that just caught me off guard. Allison and Corey banged. No one's banging Allison but me anyway. Uh, Allison leaves Haddonfield at the end. Here we go to a 20 years later type of situation. <laughs> 20 years she had a baby at some point returns to Haddonfield. That baby? That baby is Lori's great-grand whatever. It is now a 20-year-old killer. So the saga continues with the killer being a relative to Lori. So it keeps it going but in a different way. Okay. Not the worst one I've ever heard. Tell you that. Yeah, it can't be worse than this movie, honestly. Um, 
God Family Texas, hook em, says, hook em, I'm brother. still on the fence about this one, but it seemed like Hellraiser sequels where they had a random script laying around and said that if we throw Michael Myers in a few scenes, we can pass it as a Halloween film. Bingo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Bingo. Yep. This yep. feels like something that was written as something else. They're like, fuck, this would be a good Halloween movie. Uh, tons of fun underscore comics. Shameful but entertaining with a laughing emoji, a shocked emoji, and a tear emoji. That's fair. It is shameful. This is a money plug, a money grab. Uh, Shmoopy. I didn't like it. Will I watch it again? Probably in the far distant future. If they would have ended Michael's role in the movie in the sewer where it made him seem like he was transferring his evil to Corey, I think the movie could have benefited, especially when the uh, when the book Laurie is writing ends up saying something about evil changes shapes. Also, only uh, one movie can successfully pull off the having two killers scream. That actually might have been fine if uh, if he died in the sewers there, and we don't have this tag team running rampant, and then Michael just getting overpowered left and right like a little bitch. Uh, Queen Elizabeth seven one seven. I've only seen it once, and I realize I always feel different after watching a film the second time around. Do you guys feel you'll feel the same? Also, from how Omar Dorsey was brought in the 2018 film, I thought he was going to have a much bigger role in this trilogy. Thank you. They just made his share of character a complete buffoon. Oh, absolutely. Useless. Jay Hamburg, 88. I liked it more on a rewatch. Same here. But Kills is still my favorite out of the three. Not same here. I like the direction they went, but I feel like they could have gotten there sooner. Okay. Uh, official Jesse Bumgardner says, I love Blumhouse or Blumhouse, so I thought it would have been good. It was terrible. Did not feel like a Halloween movie. Shouldn't have even made it. Concur. And then last one, Horror Gator says, this movie is garbage and everyone at Blumhouse should be ashamed. What a great one to end on. <laughs> and also i'll Woo. say that's my first time reading her social media comments holy shit nico hats off to you brother that was a lot i'm out of breath <laughs> damn all uh, right I, yeah go ahead you want me i've got i've only got two um okay. i got jared i got facebook jared Summers said i'm just glad i didn't pay a dime to see it such a disservice to the character of michael myers and uh hunter nelson went up you know blood donor hunter nelson he went on a little bit of a rant here um, yeah, he asked for my permission and I told him he could. <laughs> absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I'll read it in a normal voice. <laughs> um, I've gone through all the stages of grief after watching this one and can finally accept that it just sucks. They pretty much copied from Dennis Etchison's unmade Halloween four script. Yes, they uh, did. Etchison's script primarily explores the trauma that Michael Myers dealt on Haddonfield, just like ends. Um, Etchison's script follows Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace, but we get Corey and Allison in ends. Etchison's script, you know, questions if Loomis's treatment of Myers was partially responsible for his rampage. And in ends, we have victims' families accusing Lori of antagonizing Michael. Um, Etchison's script plays up the mystery of whether Michael is somehow alive or if the unseen killer is a copycat or possessed by a spirit. In Halloween ends, Michael seems to pass on the evil through some weird eye contact and flashbacks and some seizure-inducing things. Um, Etchison's script reveals that uh, Michael has become some kind of phantom who is able to regrow lost fingers and withstand gunshots. He even grows to 12 feet in the finale. In Halloween Ends, we just get a geriatric Michael who gets a little spry when he stabs someone in the end, but in the end gets thrown in the damn shredder. Um, I went through all these comparisons to say that the movie that DGG ripped off would have been a hell of a lot better 
than the movie we got. DGG deserves to be locked up for the way that he treated Michael in this movie. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> okay, Hunter. Okay. All right. So I have Twitter. I'll try to run through them quick. Uh, the uh, Randy Smith says the worst Halloween movie ever. I can't believe they made this piece of shit movie. You can't make Mikey a little bitch like that. Fun fact. George is home to the worst two Halloween movies. Rob Zombie's H2 in Covington and Halloween ends in Savannah. I'm going to disagree with you on that, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, Michelle Mirza, shout out to Michelle, great friend of the show. This movie was such a huge disappointment to me. I doubt I will ever watch it again. I'm sorry you guys had to sit through it for the episode. We are too, Michelle. We are too. Uh, Andy, which is Andrew Knoll, said, thoughts on the Michael Core relationship? Between the vibes they were putting out in the sewer scene with that cop and the presumed deleted scene of Michael riding on the back of the motorcycle holding on to Corey a little too tightly, there was definitely a spark there. <laughs> oh, God. I, okay. Sean. Sean in front of the show. Sean Irwin says, I think there, there was an interesting concept here, but they didn't execute it very well. I think that's fair. Uh, Hunter Nelson, just to re-up on his Facebook rant, says this movie stinks and I hate it and used a Michael Scott gif to to uh, reinforce. Uh, Bogey Lowenstein says, would this movie be better without Michael Myers at all and only being about Corey? Yes, it would. Uh, wouldn't be a great Halloween movie, but it would be a better movie without Michael Myers. Yes, but not as the finale of this trilogy. It would be a fine yeah. anthology film. Spin 100%. Uh, absolutely. Yep, I agree. Okay. Kevin Scanlon, friend of the show, uh, part of our team here. I am literally having the hardest time convincing myself to watch this movie. I just know I'm going to hate it. I did not know that Kevin had not seen this film. Yeah, hang on. I thought we recently passed a rule that all staff members have to watch. Kevin, you're on probation. Kevin? Bud. Yeah, bud. Kevin, double Got secret probation. Got to watch don't, the movie, buddy. Don't make us suspend your pay. <laughs> I was like, what are we going to do? Fire him? Okay, whatever. Wait, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Scott Vaughn says, the worst Halloween by far. I agree that this was a horribly executed film on the finale of one of the greatest mass psychopaths in film history. Hernandez Gunn, shout out to our guy here. I see the uproar about it. Everyone should have known with the Halloween 3 color font. It wasn't going to be a true Halloween movie, and I hated the ending. Fair true. enough. Right. Should have known. Let's see. Uh, Andrew Ferguson says, I watched it on opening night. I woke up Thursday still mad at what they had done. I have, wa I have since watched the original parts 2, 4, and 5 to reestablish the original timeline in my mind. Andrew, I don't know why you decided to put yourself through watching Halloween 5, but more power to you, buddy. Uh, but that was all we had from Twitter. So, whew, you're right. Uh, Nico, shout out to you. That was a, <laughs> that's a mouthful right there, Bubba. Pause. But yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. y'all want to jump into fun facts now? I don't have any because fuck this movie. Nothing was fun about it. Y'all got any? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've got, got a. Yeah, I've just got one as well. Go ahead, Dustin. Ooh, I wonder if it's the same one. Because uh, we, I said so. we said a couple ones in our scene by scene, but this is the lowest kill count from Michael Myers in any Halloween film, which is three. The majority of the kills are obviously from Corey. The previous record holder was the original Halloween 1978. They were not the same one. Oh, nice. uh, <laughs> the trailers and promotional material for the film frequently used a shot of Lori in her house standing in a doorway 
with Michael off to her right, a recreation of the famous scare in Halloween 1978 where Michael comes out of the dark and stabs Lori. This shot, however, is not in the final film. Ooh, it would have at least made it somewhat interesting. Uh, okay, Halloween Ends had a budget of anywhere from 20 to $30 million, depending on your source. And the box office so far is up to $64.4 million. That's as of yesterday. And at the opening weekend, it only made around $41 million. But I think, one, I think word of mouth got around the movie and it may not be very good. So a lot of people tuned in on Peacock, which we'll never know how much that affected it or not. But, I mean, I mean, as of right now, it sits at almost at almost $65 million. Yeah, and anyone that's got the best of me. Like, I was going to go see it Friday morning or Friday afternoon in theaters, but I was like, fuck, I couldn't, I couldn't wait. So I watched it Thursday at the house, and I'm glad I didn't pay for it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Who wants to kick us off tonight? I kind of want you to kick us off because I want to, I want to laugh a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say, buddy, I think you need to be All the right. one to kick us off. I'll go first. I ain't got no problem with it. Favorite kill. Karen, ironic because this was my least favorite kill in Kills, but I pick it this time because I'm happy Judy Greer wasn't subjected to being in this shit movie. <laughs> least favorite kill, Michael Myers. I'll explain it in my rating. All right, y'all bear with me because I did write a lot. At about the 50-minute mark of this movie, I realized what was happening. I felt my head drop and went from being focused on what I was watching to being pissed off at what I was watching. I cannot believe the writers and directors chose this route. I do not care what message you were trying to send. We, the people, wanted an epic showdown between Michael, Lori, Frank, and Allison. We were cheated and lied to. Nothing in this movie makes sense. A bullied kid snaps and becomes a mass killer, getting revenge? Where have I seen this? Oh, yeah, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Michael Myers went from being an unstoppable killing machine to being bullied by a kid getting bullied by marching band kids way younger than him. Go to hell. I am not mad Michael was killed off, but how weak and pathetic he was written is offensive to one of if not the most iconic slasher villains ever. You completely wasted the best actor to ever play the shape in James Jude Courtney. He deserves so much more than this. Michael Myers is the embodiment of evil with the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. He killed his sister in cold blood, but now he sympathizes with a kid who accidentally killed a kid? What the fuck is this bullshit? And you have him tag team killing with him? Are you fucking kidding me? Lori's character went from a recluse ready for attack survivor to a pie-baking Halloween-loving granny? I don't buy it at all. You lost people close to you, including your own daughter, and recovered? An issue I had with Stranger Things Season 4 was the writing of the main characters. When people go through ordeals like Lori and Allison did, I do not for one second buy that she's going to choose Corey over her grandmother, who she's known her whole life for a boy she's known for four days. Frank Hawkins, another character who we loved, you completely wasted. This movie is an abomination, and I absolutely hate it for what it did to Michael Myers. I saw, I've already touched on the YouTube comment. I said, hopefully that Rowan gets a better opportunity. I agree 100%. He did a great job, and I hope he does find more work. In conclusion, I am still pissed off that this is how this trilogy has ended. We deserved a much better conclusion to this. David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, Paul Brad Logan, and Chris Bernier, all of you deserve every negative comment, every poor review, every YouTube social media video blasting you and post about this piss-poor ending. I will never watch this again, and I'll never buy this film. I've seen fans for years say on social media, IMDb reviews, etc., that Rob Zombie bastardized Halloween. And I say these men bastardized the character of Michael Myers. I give this movie a two 
And that's one point for each time that James G. Courtney gets it on our show. Thank you for that. It meant a lot to me, but you deserve better. And that's my hell that's yeah. my rating. He was okay. scorched earth on him. <laughs> Go to hell, all of them. <laughs> oh damn! Who wants to follow that? Let's let's do it. So, uh, favorite kill, Terry. Blowtorch through the face. That's fucking brutal. Yes. I liked it. Yes. Uh, least favorite kill, Michael. Got overpowered by Lori. Went out like a bitch. Now the disposal of the body was awesome, but the death itself sucked. Uh, this movie, I mean, like we've been saying this whole time, this movie was not a fitting conclusion. It was not fulfilling. It was not anything that I'm going to be in a rush to see again. Um, now, on the second rewatch, it actually did raise my score by a full point because I watched it and I tried to remove all the hate that I had in my heart, and I just watched it for what it was. Now, as far as the movie itself, it's well made. The uh, acting is great. The uh, dialogue, for the most part, is great. There's some stinkers in there, like show your fucking tits and whatever, and darn it, and all that shit. Um, but the movie was just a huge letdown. Um, it, it just left you, like you said, Nico, 50 minutes. That's seriously when I was like, how much, how long have I been watching this? I ain't even seen Michael other than flashbacks. And uh, it was like around the 50 minute mark. I am disappointed. So I give it a 3.75. And the only reason it's that high is because the acting was good enough to carry it that high. Otherwise it would have been lower. Okay. Not bad at all. Um, so my favorite kill was also Terry with the flamethrower death. I thought that was very cool. My least favorite kill was Corey's mom. We deserved, if we were going to be put through the same bullshit that Corey was, to see her fucking die, and we didn't at all. We just saw the aftermath, so here we go. Uh, as far as my closing, look, they couldn't make up, they being the writers and directors, like, they couldn't make up their mind if Myers was supernatural or not. We hit on that. Poorly handled. Not only underutilized Michael Myers, but made poor decisions with the script the entire way through. Um, the whole thing to me gets worse and worse as time goes by, not better, as some have said, as, as you know, that it would, would be or that it is for them. Um, this isn't a case of toxic fandom and me just bitching about not getting what I want. Well, maybe it is. I don't like the route they took with it. You know, it's, it's not the case of toxic fandom in the, in the, in the way that it's just piling on because it's a cool fad thing to do right now. We don't do that on this show. Um, I give this movie some love for the kills. The cold open was amazing, and the acting. Um, I just don't care for the rest. Um, I give it a 3.75, and Damn. honestly and honestly, slot it below Halloween Resurrection now. Um, five and three are the only ones below it. Okay. Um, my favorite kill is the DJ with the tongue. The blowtorch is a second, but you guys kind of already said – I mean, we had two people have the same favorite kill, so figured I'd go with my 1B there uh, as my favorite kill. My least favorite kill is Michael Myers because smells like bitch in here, and that's what I think of every time I watch Michael Myers die at the hands of a goddamn fucking junkyard incinerator. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, um, okay. There is a story here that I would like to see be told in almost the exact same way that they told it until they decided to put Michael Myers in this movie. And that's where I am with this film. If you take Michael out of this movie and just give us a spinoff Corey Cunningham film 
where he lives in Haddonfield and the essence of evil that hangs over Haddonfield. You know, Michael Myers is evidence of that. I'm fine with that story being told in a spinoff at some point. You could keep Laurie. You could keep Allison. You could keep literally everything else in this movie. Just take out Myers, and I think I'm a little bit higher on this film because at least you're doing something unique and different. But you didn't do that. You tried to shove three movies into one movie, and it just doesn't work. And you, you shit all over the character of Michael Myers. And if that was your goal, congratulations, I guess. But it made myself and a lot of other people, like clearly Nico, very upset. And it just does not land for me. Uh, you tried too hard. And it, it's bad. It's bad timing. This is not how you end a trilogy. This isn't how you end the final showdown between Laurie and Michael 44 years after their first encounter. And so it's, it's just too much in one bag. And it pisses me off, man, because you could have told this story later. Put that script aside. Tell it a couple years down the road. Let's tell the Michael Myers and Lori story. Let's finish it off the right way. They don't do that. So all of that being said, I'm higher than you guys, but not by a whole bunch. I gave this a flat five. Because I do like the acting. I do like some of the kills. I don't mind the story being told. I just don't like that they decided to say Middle finger to that story. We're going to ruin our own script. All right. So that gives us a composite score of 3.625. IMDb has it currently at a flat five rating with 29,000 votes. Um, I rated it today a four on there because you can't give 0.75s. But wet fart. And it's funny you said, Brian, uh, I also uh, have only five and three ranked below it in the ranking of the franchise. So I only point. have I only have three under it. I would watch five over this personally. Fair. I, I would watch but, this because uh, over it because it at least has Andy Matichek in it. I want to reiterate one more time that I would love to take her on a date. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, brother. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Um, I honestly wish they would have just ended the Michael Myers at the end of kills. Keep Judy Greer alive. Just let the mob kill him. I mean, you could even have like you could write like Lori dying on the operating or in the hospital, or keep her alive or something. But I wish Michael would have went out heroically, or you know, not heroically because he's not a fucking hero, but at least like a warrior. You know, what I mean, he just this movie was offensive to me. Like honestly, uh, like how much of a bitch they made him. I'll go one step even further. As much as I liked some of the stuff we got in Kills, uh, you could have just ended this whole thing in 2018. Wrap it up. Give it a nice send-off. We'll see you down the road. Like, left my, left Michael Myers in that house looking up at us burning. We don't know if he dies. We don't know if he lives. It's kind of the same thing as, as 78 where, you know, was that the boogeyman? Yes, I believe it was. Kind of the same vibe. Uh, you could have ended it in 2018 and not have these next two films. So Nah, I love you Kills too much. But- yeah, I do. Too. I know I mean, you like kills. I know you like kills. The flat. I, I, I mean, I don't want to lose the flashbacks. The flashback scene's awesome. Fair. I don't don't want to lose the firehouse scene. I mean, they're. I mean, the. I understand. I mean, yeah, I understand. the evil dies not in the hospitals. You know, it sucks, but there's a lot. I thought. I, I thought there's a lot of good in kills. Honestly, there is a lot of good in kills. And there is. I mean, I like kills so, but I wish they would just killed him at the end of kills. Honestly, that's just fine with me too. Let the mob kill him. Let let Judy Greer. Kill him in the damn house with the pitchfork, stomp his head in, and like, I would rather see that than what we got in this. Then you could, then you could still tell this same story and just not have Michael in the movie because he died and kills. You wow, sure could. 
What you a sure fucking could. concept that would have been. You sure could. Huh. You could you could start your Haddonfield stories, you know? Yep. Yep. But this has been a pretty long review, considering yep. we haven't really had any two hours in a while. Uh, any final thoughts, guys, before we get out of here? Nope. Oh, I'm fully my... prepared to go two-plus hours on Ernest Scared Stupid, brother. Let's do it. <laughs> no, no, no to mean, Vern. No to mean. Brian oh, says I'm that because he ain't going to be there. Oh, I'm going to be out of town. <laughs> Damn. If y'all go two hours without me, I'll be super impressed. Filibuster, baby. Let's do it. I I love Ernest. So, man, I, I wish we were doing Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes to Jail. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. Uh, last thing I'll say is, as mean as I was, I do thank David Gordon Green for the first two movies. I mean, I feel like it was it was good entries. Uh, I've talked to Mike. I think we're going to do like a live show next month just talking about the trilogy and whole and the future of the franchise. You know, mm-hmm. kind of want to do some live content on YouTube. Yeah. Start doing that just to branch out some more. Uh, I'm in. But yeah, uh, let's shout out our blood donors. We really appreciate y'all. Uh, Camper level reoccurring, Clayton J, Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, Carrie Adams, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, and Sean Irwin. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Hunter Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis from the Too Close to Home Podcast. They want to collaborate with us, Brian. I don't know if you saw the Instagram DMs or not. I have the perfect idea. We could do the Zodiac movie. Bam. Let's go. Hey. Yeah, a movie about a true life killer. That's exactly would be perfect. Yeah. Let's do the Zodiac movie. Um, Heather Smith, Kylie Denise, all the way from Australia. Adrian Aiello, Jake Hambrick, The Legions podcast, and new blood donor, Clay Moore. Really appreciate y'all. And our final guy donors we have to do movie reviews for are Christian Cunningham and Matt Sears. Really appreciate y'all and y'all's final financial contributions. It means a lot to us. Absolutely. Uh, I hope all the fans and listeners who were blowing us up ready for this review. I hope we did it. I hope we crapped on it enough for you or, or we did it justice, <laughs> however you wanted it. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say thank you to all the fans. It truly means a lot to me that, you yeah. know, I'm sure all y'all has got messages and DMs about when we're going to review this movie as well. It's kind of crazy to me that we got people from Canada, Indiana, uh, yeah, all over Florida, in the UK, Australia, comment on our questions about when we're going to do this. So, I think that's awesome, and uh, just want to thank all our fans again, and y'all have a good one. Happy Halloween. Just want to remind everybody. Uh